0: My name is Aaron. I'm one half of A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley, and you're listening to the Just Conversation Podcast.
1: Warning this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live
2: in five, four.
1: What does live mean?
2: Uh huh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack.
1: (laughs) And I'm your host, Christina.
2: And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button to get notified the second new episodes are released.
1: Also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner to share opinions and ideas on the topics we discuss.
2: Yes, so grab somebody, pull them nice, close, get comfy, and get ready to go on a roller coaster ride. Uh, not a literal roller coaster ride. I'm talking about listening to the episode and having like an emotion rise and lower. But the metaphor at this point is a roller coaster that also rises and lowers, so I'm sure you get the comparison now that I've explained it in detail.
1: It'll be more fun, though, if you were on an actual roller coaster.
2: While listening to the podcast. Yeah. Trying to understand what's happening. Yes. Nevertheless, it's a specifically customized two-hour long roller coaster ride. <laughs> I was that... saying
1: like, it was 10 seconds. They're only going to hear the intro or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This roller coaster ride is built, constructed, and synced specifically for this episode. So. During the long buildups, you're going upwards. However long that know, has to be, like,
1: it, you're making the coaster depending on the yes, episode. Yes, it, it has
2: been built. So there's there should, in theory, be like a hundred and twenty roller coasters out there made to be synced up and heard with the. So there's like miles of roller coaster out there
1: with different episodes.
2: With different episodes.
1: Oh. so that you go on these
2: rides it's the episode uh 4.2 ride man i can't wait to ride that one
1: who wants to be on a roller coaster for an hour two hours two hours
2: i mean you stop caring after a while it's like Is it's, that, it's a ride it's
1: boring You're like i want to move around or something i don't want to sit here my butt hurts a I don't plane
2: know. a bus a train
1: what about those things
2: those are all exactly the same
1: I don't know who does it. Who does those things? Those things suck, too.
2: They do. And a lot of people. The answer is a lot of people. <laughs>
1: I know. I
2: guess. Yeah. Well, it happens. Do
1: people pay for these roller coasters, at least? Are we getting the money for getting.
2: It? We're getting the money for these roller coasters. Come on.
1: Okay, We're getting good.
2: the money. Look. At the do we the run day, an
1: amusement park?
2: I guess. Apparently, a really it large one. Is the we turned
1: into a zombie island?
2: Oh, my God. Is that where we got it? Whoa. We told... Oh, my God. I mean,
1: God. we turned an island... We turned people on the island into zombies, and then we made a
2: an amusement, amusement park. park afterwards. But before we had this idea, it was yeah. an amusement park already. Yeah. So then we got rid of the zombies. Basically, I guess this has been that the whole time, and we're just finding out No, I we're going to
1: keep the zombies, though, because while they're on the ride, at least I'll keep them entertained.
2: I don't want them to get distracted from the episodes, though. Oh,
1: okay, okay. We got to get rid of them. They the just zombies. need to be
2: paying attention and be like, oh, my God, I can't see. We got to it. But we're not going to
1: murder the zombies. We're just going to put them in, like, feeding zoos.
2: Yes. It's like a little petting zoo, yes. except you don't really pet them. No. I mean, unless it's the ones that we've removed their jaw, like Michonne.
1: Oh, so yeah. So then you could touch
2: them, and they're harmless. They're not going to yes. do anything.
1: Yes. that's what we got to do.
2: That's perfect. That's so
1: disturbing.
2: But look, if people want to, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a horrifying theme park with the yeah. longest roller coasters.
1: You could take pictures with them. You could, I don't know, feed them, pet them. I don't know who wants to do that, but yes. go for it.
2: I mean, let's be real. After a while, it would get super gimmicky and people would be showing up just because, you know, I want to go be scared by some zombies. I want to go to a zombie yeah. party. But if show. you get
1: bit, you become our property.
2: They can't. They can't oh, get bit. they
1: can't because you broke their jaws. Yes, yeah, so I they mean, can't the zombies. Bite. Okay, good. I mean, I'm,
2: I could, I But if guess... someone
1: somehow gets infected because they had a cut and they didn't realize or something, you know, like some weird
2: Yeah, they sign accident. A, a paper ahead of yeah. time that says, look, because you're our property now. Unless
1: they could prove that they were bitten by zombie the zombie themselves, because then that's our fault. No, no,
2: no. They sign a waiver at the beginning so that it's a liability waiver. Yeah. So it's not on us anyways.
1: Okay, so whatever happens. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're
2: good. So that's definitely perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. That has everything to do with today's guest as well. It does. Yeah, but before we do that, before we tell you we're going to oh, have a yeah. today, we have some
1: reviews,
2: Yes, which we usually do at the beginning of every episode. We yep. read out some of the reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts, but we get them everywhere. Feel free to drop, wherever you're listening, a review for this programa.
1: Yeah. And if you put it somewhere that's not somewhere we'd find it, maybe just, you know, take a picture and send it to us. That yeah. helps us, you know.
2: Yeah, we'll read it. We'll just tell us where it is. We don't yeah. care. We'll we'll read reviews from wherever the fuck. We're, we're sharing the attention, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on. go come, come get some attention. Anyways, the first one of these is from Fall Coziness. Eccentric. I love the weird topic these two cover. I like the difference between the host's voice energy. One host is zany and high energy, and the other host is super low-key. Interesting dynamic. Weird in a good way. Yes. Hell yeah. I like when people like our, our levels of energy. They like that I'm very mellow and that you're very extreme and all over the place. My
1: zany energy. Yeah, uh, man.
2: It's the best. It's awesome. I'm over here always, always... Being very low-key and making sure everything stays grounded and while you're crawling up the walls with crazy theories.
1: That's the craziest.
2: (laughs) The The craziest craziest theories. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. And the next one is from MMP19. Hey, one of our uh, robot buddies listening in. Unique show. Really enjoy the conversation that these two have. Very unique topics and subjects I have yet to hear on any other show. Keep up the good work. Well, we will keep up the good work, buddy boy. Yep. Or genderless We're super robot. It's
1: unique. The robot agrees. I mean, yes. who knows how much um, podcasts a robot listens to? They probably listen to more podcasts than anyone.
2: You know, they could listen to the whole thing, all of it, all, all of, of it. them. And just Apple quickly. podcasts entirely.
1: Like, he judged us from all the episodes we just recorded or you've ever recorded. Yeah. And he left us that. He comment. found
2: us like ten minutes before he wrote this and heard all of them on Fast Forward caught all of it and he's like, they're cool. Yep.
1: Yeah. Unique.
2: So we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Very, very, very appreciative of your uh stuff that you said about us. It's very lovely.
1: Yes.
2: And it fills my heart with joy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh sometimes applesauce. I'm not sure that's healthy.
1: That's probably not healthy.
2: But it's true, I guess. Anyways, today's guest is a fantastic, smart individual from a ironically quite similar show, but that's why, that's why this, this crossover of the minds had to
1: happen. I mean, his podcast is us from a different universe.
2: Exactly. It's, here's, I'll explain to you exactly what it is and you're going to be like, oh.
1: Yes, what?
2: It's a different perspective of our own existence.
1: Oh. No one will get that until you tell them.
2: Yep, they won't. It won't make any sense, but it will. Right now. Right now, yes. What's
1: his podcast called?
2: It's called A Perspective. Uh. Yes, so A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley, and we have Aaron on the show today. He is here to discuss the inner workings of his tick-tocking mind and how those gears are turning. And I am going to pick all those gears apart and look at what the clock looks like underneath without the gears. I want to see what makes it work and tick. And I'm going to take all the parts out and then I'm going to be like, oh, this gear does that.
1: Yeah, Aaron doesn't make it to the end.
2: He dies halfway. <laughs>
1: yes. We're just taking things out of him. Hey. And putting them back. Listen. With your bare hands.
2: There are... Look, I don't believe that we are being hit by this virus that's being tested over there overseas, so I have no reason to wash my hands before I open somebody's head and start pulling organs out.
1: What? What?
2: I'm not sure how I'm pulling organs out of their head, but that's what's I don't happening. Know. Yeah. That's Look, <laughs> their brain is an organ, isn't it?
1: Maybe he's a robot if you're pulling gears out.
2: Oh, my God. Is that is he from the universe where I'm a robot? Although I was a robot.
1: You were a robot.
2: Conversation for another day. Yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Aaron from A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley, the podcast. Go listen to that after you listen to this and enjoy the many perspectives we will share.
1: Yes. And enjoy this episode. Yeah. Yes. Hi.
2: I recently described the tri-state area as something, politically speaking. It was like, we're Republican, but we're blue because we're liberal. It's like, everybody's a business, but everybody has liberal Mm. ideologies at the same time. Versus the opposite, which is like California, where there's a lot of sort of uh democratic ideas of unity and the government should pay for everything but then everybody's super sensitive and conservative and they you got you can't use these words and you can't say these things and it's like what the fuck is happening that we're both purple on the east on the east and the west coast we're all very purple but different kinds of purple you know it's very strange
0: I- You know, it's because I think that those that are shouting unity and and lifting everyone up, they're doing it from the perspective of a business. They're not truly about uplifting people. They're about monetizing off of uh, their rhetoric. And so it's thinly veiled. We're really a red. We're really purple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're really more red.
2: Yeah, Uh, we definitely lean more red. But it's like every time we represent anything, we just say blue. As as a collective, for whatever reason, I think it makes us feel good as people to be like, yeah, we're in the moral right here, right? I mean, devil's in the details. And when you start
0: looking at the details, you see a lot differently.
2: I know. It's so many of the, what is it, the nuanced things that make us up collectively. Specifically, going back to the giant divide, but similar crossing lines between the east and the west coast like the rest of the middle is essentially red the bottom is pretty red and the top is super blue but the two sides are purple as a motherfucker
0: (laughs) yes i mean i mean god i don't even remember the word now or what the the thing i mean it's it's if you know your history then you know it's very intentional why that is right like yeah yeah the (laughs) whole
2: yeah yeah because it's uh the if we go back to the uh the Revo- the civil war we know that the country was quite literally divided down the middle and so the top yes. half was very blue the bottom half was very red and then we ended up with what the fuck this map literally shows us purple patches and we're not one of them the hell that's interesting too at?
0: that that uh virginia's blue when virginia used to be i was in virginia when it was red and then purple I, i'm curious as to when it changed who updated that to blue
2: yeah like based on what it's has. Then again, who the fuck? Dope. This shit has been moving so quickly. Like. The whole political atmosphere that has been, like, sh- ever since uh, Captain Orange jumped into office, everything's been, like, shifting dramatically, and, like, everybody's losing their mind about everything all the time in different ways, and it's like, calm the fuck down, people. The world has ended, like, a million times if you really <laughs> think it's happening every time somebody says it. It's ridiculous. When, um, so, look right there, when fucking Reagan was out there, everybody was like, the world's ending. The world's ending. Fucking Reagan. God. And then Bush. Look at all that, Reagan. That... The, world, the world is ending. Hello, Bush. But we're fucking still here. Come on. We're fine.
0: I, I'm less like that because I talk to a lot of, uh, I call them seasoned New Yorkers, not old. Uh, and so the seasoned New Yorkers, right, especially if you talk to people of color, black people specifically, they'll let you know that. Like this is, we've been here done that before, right? Like nothing new has changed. Nothing new is like shocking to us. And that has put a uh, it's changed how I look at all this going on too so yeah
2: yeah yeah it's it's information is key here too many people are trapped in their little like bubbles of uh sort of self-gratification and justification and they're just sort of approving their own ideologies by keeping themselves surrounded by people who already think the same when you communicate with anybody who's already outside of your age group and doesn't necessarily believe the things you do you get a big perspective as to the fact that we're all crazy we're all just a bunch of morons uh, i could not agree more <laughs> i think it has to do with the fact that we're so sheltered i was actually having this conversation earlier today where as people,
0: sheltered?
2: well we we we're too safe if that makes sense like in the past right we needed fear fear was such an important thing to survive the world If we go back enough, you're in the jungle and fear tells you there's something in the bushes and I don't know what it is. So I'm scared of it. And that stops me from going in there. It it could be a tiny little duck, but it could be a freaking lion sneaking up on me. Being scared protects me from that mess. That makes perfect sense. Evolutionarily speaking, like that kept moving through us. And now we're in an era where we're so safe in this. We're so safe in this country. We don't have a problem. So we have to turn the smallest, most nuanced things into a problem because we're genetically programmed to freak the fuck out at things. So it just seems like we're a bunch of crazy fucks because we're freaking out at small things. But it's because we need something to freak out at and there's nothing big happening. We don't have terrorists invading our land. We're the fucking terrorists invading other lands. <laughs> you know, and we don't have uh The crazy plague that's across the ocean that we got, what, like, two, three people? They got thousands on top of thousands. We're not dealing with it. We're nice and safe in our little protected bubbles. So we have to freak out at small, nuanced things. And that's, uh... It seems crazy, but it's because we're just programmed to survive that way. On the flip side, the fact that we're freaking out about philosophical ideologies tells us that we're in a new philosophical renaissance. Everything is philosophical, whether we're discussing why atheism has a place in society or why it's important to maintain religion alive, why pot, why everybody's political, why we're talking about uh, pro-life and pro-choice on a giant stage and women's rights and gay rights and all these things. It's all philosophical. We're in a new philosophical renaissance, but we don't know it because we're just angry at each other rather than the way the original philosophical renaissance happened, where they were just kind of, they might have been debating But they were trying to expand their ideas and their knowledge. We're essentially doing that. It just looks like crazy. I'm sure we're just glorifying the old renaissance. And if we were there, it's just a bunch of old dudes beating the shit out of each other, telling each other I'm right and you're wrong. (laughs) And chances are, in the future, they'll look back and see this moment as the most important philosophical moment in history. Who knows?
0: At least in modern history. You know, when you say that, it makes me go, one, on one hand, our... We, and by we, I mean the United States, are we as dominant as we are because we operate a heightened level of fear, right? So we've constructed this world that is not about necessarily living, but it's about surviving. And other people strive for that too and they just haven't caught up yet but then on the other hand it makes me think not on the other hand it also makes me think of Game of Thrones maybe because I've been I recently was inducted into that or started looking at it it's very Game of Thrones to me is very indicative of like the world itself in that they lived and breathed to survive right they set up protections they had ordered their their laws everything that they did was about trying to survive I don't know. I'm just. It's just when when you say we live in a world of fear, it does make me go, "Yes, we are." But I don't know. I'm just saying. I think mean, you 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 challenge me in a way that I've never thought about. I've thought about it. So now I'm just. <laughs>
2: talking a lot of this out right. that's, what, that's no don't what worry bouncy idea do. man that's how you'll get to the conclusion you know like uh based on what you're saying what i'm what i'm catching is that it although it is a a state in which we are all surviving off of fear we've constructed a world based on fear there isn't really something to be scared of and we're also, like you said earlier, are we really as dominant as we think we are or is that just the lie we have to tell ourselves because we've scared ourselves so much?
0: Yes, or are we as dominant as we are because we've averted we've averted the fear before it actually happens, right? Like our level of preparation for what doesn't exist. Only doesn't exist because we're stopping it ahead of time, like before it reaches Ooh. the mass public.
2: Yes, we get so paranoid. We have a million billion solutions for it. Oh, my God. You Go you hit on the head because this makes perfect sense. Let's use the the freaking Chinese virus that's happening right now, the coronavirus, right? We are panicking without okay. it being over here. And it's not a pandemic yet. We're no. already pulling out vaccines to try. There will never again be some giant mass extinction virus because we're so paranoid to the point that we're like, no, we got to throw all Bill Gates donated a hundred million dollars to fight that shit. Money just showed the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Money just shows up. That's how scared we are. Hundreds of millions. Just fucking here. Have it. Fix it.
0: No, it'll never get as—I it'll. mean, let me not say it'll never, because never say never, right? Never say never. Uh, I do not foresee this being uh, a thing here, but I do see people monetizing, profiting, uh, creating the hysteria for their own personal benefits in the way that the masses will never, like, reap them.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, Vaccines is is the answer for this. I've definitely thought about this, the possibility that if the vaccine gets made and patent, because we just had a patent deal with China, if they were to make the vaccine and then patent their medicine and uh ways of using this, and then sell that to the United States, the United States, for every batch of that it requires, because it's patented, you have to buy it or you have to give royalties, you will, for the rest of eternity... Oh, China, instead of China owing you. And that is just a way to make a weird near pandemic, a marketing solution. Do you think China doesn't already owe us? China owes us. Oh, own us? Are they sup-
0: are superior to our, in terms of need, right? Supply and demand.
2: Oh, no, a 100%. When it comes to that, we could just be shut down overnight. The, their yeah. Their power no. is monumental more than half of everything we have in our country all our resources everything comes from them to the point that this right. plague that's over there has scared entire countries to be like holy crap we rely on them too much we ha- we've just lost so much waiting on them to go back to work if they just decided we don't trade with you anymore not tariffs straight up we're not going to send anything else how long before oh, like
0: you're so right
2: yeah how long before half of the world goes down
0: uh, I was just, uh, in, I was in the gym earlier today and on the TV screen, what, what, what was the stocks and all that stuff, whatever that channel is. Um, and they were talking about how Apple just recently opened up because what 90% of the shit that's made, excuse my language is made in China, not is made in China. And however, they were just opened up with limited hours. They may have a 30 day supply. If things don't get right and sooner than later, what is that going to have an impact on the world in terms of how they distribute, how they're able to market, sell? And that just made me think of like New Yorkers. I don't know. I've never been a day in New York where I didn't see someone with an Apple product. Right. Like from government spaces, you use Apple products to restaurants, use Apple products like how is this gonna indirectly impact the way we do operate over here i guess that's another way to think about it we won't necessarily get hit with the virus but we will see the ripple effects right like
2: yeah they're gonna hit us one way or another we're gonna be affected by the repercussions of the virus if not the virus itself but uh go go back up to this because there was shit just said there's fucking 15 people in the united states what the hell is that that's fucking i to like three in new york are there i feel like one or two in new york that can't be right can it? it? (laughs) i don't fucking know look that up go over here pull pull up something uh show us the uh the the map for this shit i gotta see this is crazy i don't think there's any in new york is it that close already because there's a over i mean it's not even a huge number when you think about it like the flu takes out way more people negative test results so where the fuck are these people on the map coming from? Okay, here we go. We got one in Texas. We got one in Washington, uh, Massachusetts, Washington, Arizona, Wisconsin, Illinois, California is just like riddled. Eight, hey, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's what happens when you're too sherry with your things. Gets. I'm to curious. You.
0: When did you actually
2: start paying attention to this? Oh, I've been following it since the beginning. I am so fascinated by the things that make people's minds work and what makes people tick. I was actually, from the beginning of following this thing, I was talking about how the panic is almost unnecessary because you have doctors playing it down the whole way. And you have people in a crazy panic way before it got to as widespread as it is right now. And you had this kind of giant divide between uh, people of power talking that it's not that bad and people without power saying, oh, no, the world's fucking ending. And I love that kind of stuff to kind of see where people's heads are and whatever. The whole time it's been in the middle. This is nowhere near as bad as the flu and nowhere near as innocent as like, I don't know, AIDS or some shit. Because that's right. another fucking crazy thing that the world is so super scary, like scared of, and takes so few lives compared to the fucking flu. Everybody's just reacting. See, and I started
0: paying attention, and I'm still lightly connected to it because because of everything that you just said. Like, I know it's not as... As serious as the media the world is making it out to be, I know that the conversations that we're having with our neighbors, like it shouldn't be shouldn't be that in depth. Yeah. So I and plus, I just don't want that energy near me. Uh So I don't like I like, yeah, I hear it if I'm in the gym and something comes on. I hear it if someone happened to be in someone's car and it's on the radio because I don't listen to the radio. Like, that's where I'm like, almost probably got more information in this conversation than I have
2: in the last week. <laughs> it's good to stay away because it's only madness. At the end of the day, what I would say is if if being connected is a must, go to NPR. They don't give any opinions. They're just going to say what the fuck happened and get over it. If you go to freaking Fox, oh no, there's nothing that bad. If you go to CNN, it's horrible. We're all dying. <laughs> it's like everybody's lying to everybody. Just NPR doesn't even care. They're like, these are numbers. This is what they look like. You think what you think. Here's numbers. The end. Yo, it, it is sensationalism, isn't it? Drowning in it. Everything is headlines and everything is. We got to scare them the most so that they come to us.
0: Uh, That's why you're on the NPR website. I see. So, uh, I don't know how often you come into New York and take the subways, but there's a poster in New York that says, I can't remember if it's NPR or if it's PBS, but it's like, this is real news. Like they're taking a dig at the Foxes, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, all of those places that have not, have in many, in many respects gone away from just telling the news. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Almost, yeah, and it almost makes, yeah. And it definitely drove me to look at, I can't remember now if it's PBS or NPR.
2: I have no idea about PBS. By the way, I don't know if they're neutral or whatnot. They might be. I don't, I don't fucking know. I know that at least the NPR is. They stay distant. They don't opinionate. They're just like, here's what the numbers look like. Make your choice. And then that's it. That's the end of it. Here's what happened today in reference to this bullshit. The end. Meanwhile, you got all these other places opinionating and trying to subtly change your perspective in their direction. Cause at the end of the day, between CNN and Fox, we have propaganda news wars.
0: Yeah. I mean, my dad looks at both and as many people do, thinking that they're getting, I think, a balance. Uh, they're, they're hearing it. They they can make their own judgment based on, I guess, opposite ends of the opinion, opposite ends of whatever the topic is. And really, I don't even know if that's true in some ways because where do you, because everyone's feeling data and quote unquote facts from the angle that they're trying to lead you somewhere. So are you ever really getting sort of a, can you ever really find the middle ground between the CNN and Fox.
2: Yes, you you bring up a good point. Uh, there's actually a report that was done about this. Uh, it's the stats trick where they show you an accurate graph, but they only show you a portion of the accurate graph and then talk about that portion. And uh, this happened like last year or something where both CNN and Fox were reporting on the same thing, but they both used completely different sides of the same Graph of information so that on one side it looks like Trump is doing really, really bad, and on the other it looks like he's doing really, really well. But one is just earlier <laughs> news at the top of the graph, and the other one's later news at the bottom of the graph. And they just show you that and talk that to you. So you can go and get completely different looking images. You got one graph that started uh, 10 days earlier, and it only shows you those 10 days. And you got one that shows you from the 10th day to the 20th day, and you got completely different images. One went all the way down, the other one went all the way up, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? if they're both telling the truth and they are but they're just spinning the truth and that's the problem because they
0: know the average person doesn't think doesn't look at the bottom left or the bottom right right to see how they constructed
2: yep. it yep yep it, well it's it's yeah. not only that it's the not just the average person but they know that their audience specifically it's such a giant algorithmic balancing act where they're aware of who's watching how they're watching while they're why they're watching how long they're going to be watching And they Mm. structure this entire news article around that information to sort of spin them in the web deeper and deeper. And it's like, they're probably coming in here thinking this. And if you say it this way, you're already justifying what they already thought. Now you've pulled them in. Now you can feed them this other information. Whether or not they agree with it, they're already agreeing with you. So they're probably more likely to eat that second bit of information because they agreed with the first bit of information. You already have them on your side. So you can keep sort of... Pulling them in closer and closer, and you do this night after night, and they tune in night after night, and before you know it, you have a bunch of crazy lunatics spewing crap on Twitter at one another, and swear it's the fact.
0: And in the midst of all that, let's sprinkle in some hot, some some test words, some test phrases to see what actually hits. Right? What do we yes. need to throw a bunch it's of a, shit against the wall? Constant...
2: It's fucking ridiculous. Ah. It's truly amazing, and we just live in this bubble. It's a complete mystery how nothing has crashed, but it's also like it clearly makes sense.
0: I can't tell if it's we're trying to if people are trying to figure out how to like change that system or if people are trying to figure out how to get in. Right. It's, it's if you think that if you if you see that. There's so much imbalance in, in, in certain aspects of life. Are you trying to balance it out? Or are you really just trying to figure out how to get your foot into the door, right? So that you can be one of the people continuing the imbalance for your own success.
2: That's complicated because I'm sure there's like, we we like to think of people in power as the bad guy if we're the little guy. But that's not necessarily true. There are a bunch of people who are trying to do good. I guess it's yes. such a mixed bag that there's no way to tell because it all looks the same unless we're part of it. And we are only aware of the group we're part of mainly because even if we tried to interact with somebody outside of our group, there's this crazy tribalism happening right now where people just want to stick to their side. And if you try to pierce their bubble, they get very defensive. So there's no way to even fucking know whose intention is what. No, it's the hindsight is twenty twenty. Only when you look back. Hmm. Only once we have <sighs> like a full picture, been through it, already had all the information in the process, can we look the other way and be like, I see where you're coming from.
0: I mean, I think that's what's going to happen when, whether it's four more years or a few more months, right? Like we're going to look back and be able to tell just how much we contributed to what is happening. Versus actually doing the analysis now, which I think some people did do. I will say that I, th- I think some entities and spaces did do that after speaking of the election after that man won and shifted. But I don't necessarily think the shift uh, changed that much. Right. Doubling down and a new way of doing something didn't necessarily change the potential outcome. I think we'll know that in November, but I don't think people will actually do the, the work to figure out how did we elevate the nonsense versus trying to squash it when we thought that's what we were doing. And by we, I mean the media spaces that so impact our lives on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, they basically mm. control our behavior for the most part. They swing their words and everybody just fucking reacts immediately. Now, now that we're on it, uh, personal opinions on this orange man. Well, Where do you stand <laughs> on this? Obviously, uh... dislike is way up there. But one question I've been proposing to people is how useful do you think he is? How useful do I think he is? Uh, for some, I think he's very useful.
0: I think actually across the board, I think there's some, you can find good is the wrong word. But you can find the, yes, I'll just continue with useful. You can find how he is useful no matter where you stand on hell.
2: Can you give him a example? Because either, uh,
0: because either you were complacent and with Obama in the last eight years and your understanding of how progressive or how forward thinking the country was as a whole. Uh, led you to act in a way that wasn't as um urgent as when, like, Obama first ran. And so you either didn't vote or you suspected that, as most people did, that this would never, we would never be here today. So in that sense, I think you got a reality check and your focus hopefully has gotten sharper. And your attention to detail and what it is that you want to do moving forward, contributing to a potentially better outcome like is there now versus I think that you felt like you were underserved, underrepresented and that your voice was never heard and that if you were the marginalized group when you really you were not. And so that hurt, that anger, that discomfort got you more politically involved. So I think it sparked uh, something in, in everyone, no matter who you are, where you come from, which ultimately I think contributes to the greater good of society. I 100
2: percent agree. Now, let me quickly aim that in a different direction. Do you think his existence and somehow giving purpose and achieving some form of good for anyone of color?
0: Uh, I don't have a formal opinion on that that specific question. I think I probably have been in devil's advocate mode for so long with talking to other people about that, that I haven't stopped to think about how I feel about it. And probably because I don't know. Uh, I think that he has done, on one hand, I'd say yes, and that the conversation has been elevated around reparations, to which he is not directly, like, connected to that, but the conversation around reparations, the conversation around, uh, the lack of unity amongst people of color and how there needs to be a more central focus or a central, like, a more connected sense of purpose. I think in some ways, like, that is useful, right? You can find the good and the bad. I think on the other hand, like I've heard conversations, I've had conversations with people who have said that he really is been, he really is contributing to the success of people of color, and specifically Black people, because when you look at society as a whole, people think there is some truth, whether I believe that or not. Some can see that there's really a more direct connection between White Americans and Black Americans versus Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, Chinese Americans, because White Americans, Black Americans are. Traditionally, because black Americans are more God in Christ, more religious, more faithful, I mean, more um religiously connected, right, to God yes, than yes, for sure. other entities in the way that the evangelicals, which are traditionally white, are. But we're pit against each other in this, pit against each other in this, well since the beginning of the time, really. Well, that's actually pretty interesting
2: because that makes me wonder whether what we receive from media outlets about this man in the first place if already what they're spewing is entirely based on their own perspective and we just happen to live in an area where the majority of the people surrounding us are watching the news outlets that are out to make him look bad. Are Are we just hearing it from those locations and from the people who believe those things? And so we're also more likely to believe he's that kind of person entirely based on the bubble of information surrounding us. I think that could be a possibility, right? Like where else, what avenue, what station, what channel, what outlet has
0: a broad reach that has offered anything different than what you've said?
2: Exactly, right? So, so we're just in a bubble of the information that's most likely to make us think the way the people around us already think. So it's all sort of the same information. And we're in an area where people are like, nah, we don't like him. But is, is that why we have a similar opinion? Even if it's not exactly the same, is that why we're sort of leaning in that direction? We're just biased by association.
0: Right. I mean, the the other thing is, right? Do you not? I think the, another thing to that is, do people say that they don't like him? And this is, people of color, white liberals, progressive women, like however you whatever entity that you say does not like him, is it because that he's doing harm to them or because the work that he's doing is not benefiting them? And that to me is another conversation to be had. Is it that we don't like him because he's contributing to the demise of the republic and he's going to take America down, right? And we're no longer going to be this world leader. Or is it because all the things that he's doing, it's achieving success is just not successful for that group, and that. And now we're looking for someone who has his qualities. But Here's it directly that supporting down.
2: Interesting point. Based on what you just said, I would argue none of the above. I think we're such an overtly sensitive group of people at the moment in this country that we're just offended by him, and what he says offends us. It's not that maybe what he's doing, there's no way for us to know. Everything obstructed, everything is like uh, twisted and turned for somebody's propaganda. We have no way of really knowing what's going on. We just simply don't like him, how he approaches us, how he says things. We think, oh, he's not presidential. He's a fucking asshole. He's so disrespectful. Thus, he's a bad person. He's a bad president. He's doing things that are wrong. But it's in reality that we just don't like that he's unfiltered, that he just does whatever the fuck he wants and he doesn't care about anybody's feelings. That could be a huge reason that we believe what the things we believe about him some people are on board oh yeah unfiltered. fuck that this is america we got to say whatever the fuck we want do whatever the fuck we want while other people are like but feelings and emotions and unity <laughs> and so that's where the divide begins a giant division just based on my emotions are hurt haha ha, i think he's funny i like that guy and that's it That's the whole thing. Nobody knows what the fuck is happening in government. Nobody has any clue that we don't even vote for the president. Other people do. We vote for those people to vote for him. We have no choice in who the president is but we don't know these things we just sit around pretending we know what's happening and then argue about who we like because it's a popularity contest
0: right i mean yes there are some things that he's doing that is like that are bad like policy-wise and as someone with college debt like i don't hear anything coming out of his mouth that like helps with that if anything i feel like it continues to put me in debt so i can point to certain things that like yeah along with everything that you just said but i do think that when you stop and actually look at certain things like certain policies or laws you can find you can see where he's making the wrong decision or is it him or is it those that are around him because i yeah. think that's another conversation to be had right like yeah. is he
2: he has the one no power that's actually
0: believing these ideas
2: yeah president has no, no. power Pre- president is a guy who responds to crap people put in front of him and uh they force him to make these choices he's just a figurehead and right now everybody freaks out at him oh he has to sign the bill and blah blah senate controls him they whatever the fuck they want him to do he has to do even if it looks the other way around to us oh he said this and he did that and like how easy would it be for them to just remove him at any moment they just have no reason to because he's completely agreeable with them and is going to do whatever they want at all times they have no reason to get rid of him he's their control figure they can easily remove him but there's no reason if he's the biggest puppet they have ever had
0: no, it's how much can we achieve and hide behind him? Exactly. Let that him take is, the blame. Nobody thinks it's us. That is exactly true. Although, I mean, not although. I do think though that if Hillary had won, I, I think she actually. Can, I think she had a plan in my head. She had a whole binder full of ideas that she was going to execute one way or the other. That which brings I is exact me. Opposite.
2: That brings me to my point in mentioning this in the first place. I think she would have been now. Keep in mind before I start this, I. I think he's no different than every other president. I don't think there's anything different other than the fact that he doesn't shut the fuck up and he says every thought he's ever had in his mind. (laughs) But other than that, what is a president's job? It's to go up there, make the hard decisions, and lie to us about what those are. I think she was going to go up there, make tough decisions whether or not we liked them, and lie to us and tell us what we want to hear. He just doesn't care about the lying to us part. That's it. He's not doing anything we haven't seen before. 100% sure. Other presidents have withheld resources from other countries. They just don't tell us that. This guy yeah. went on national television and said it. So we're angry. But why are we angry? Because he got caught or because he did the thing? It's because he got caught and we don't like him. I don't, I don't think that's a, a new thing that fucking happened. I'm sure if not all of them, most presidents have. I'm sure most no. presidents for their advantage aimed something at a certain group Usually, tragically, it seems to be the same fucking Middle Eastern countries because even Obama went on that train. But it, there's some obvious benefit for our country that we're not seeing, but that the people in power are like, we got to do this. And we'll just lie to them for the reasons. And like every president before that, we're talking Mr. Orange, Obama, Bush, Clinton, all of them attacking the same group of people, regardless of what side of the fence they were on. It seems like a very consistent idea moving forward. I think this woman would have just sort of filled the same shoes, except she would have lied to us the way every other president does. The way we expect Trump to do, but he doesn't. So we're angry at him for it.
0: Uh, OK, I I, I I, agree. And I think that takes it back to your point where people aren't necessarily mad at how, what he's doing. It's how he's doing it. Right. They don't like his rhetoric, his language. So I can agree with that. I do think that even if she had played the game, uh, how it's been traditionally played, I think the outcomes would have just been different. I don't even know how. Yeah, I just think they would have been different.
2: I got an example as to why I disagree with that. Okay, I think that we would have never found out about the children who've been in cages for 20 years. I mean, the children haven't, but that policy has existed for 20 years. Mm hmm because clinton signed it into office meanwhile Mm -hmm. a president not shutting the fuck up about it is the reason we know about it we used to think the congress could keep the president in check we just found out that's a fucking lie because the president doesn't shut the fuck up about it every other president with every other house and congress and senate and whatever the fuck the secrets behind doors and we don't know what happens we see what they show us this guy doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks and as a result the things that we're not meant to know about but apparently we're fucking nazi germany just now keeping fucking hispanics in cages for 20 years but it's under our nose and i'm sure in germany it was the same shit that war went on for like 20 years a bunch of people had no idea there were even camps where people were getting killed we would not know about that without this alleged maniac in an office you know No,
0: that's, that's, that's true. But I think that, but a part of that is, is because his way of going about dealing with it was, he took it a step further than what had been going on. Now you can, I think you can, there's a valid argument for were they in humane conditions like 20 years ago and now, right? Like in, how bad they are doesn't necessarily matter, right? There were the fact is that they were bad.
2: Oh, no, I but think he was doing bad this whole time. Was, and I think what the, the message he was pushing was horrible. And the fact that he wanted to enforce this ridiculous shit. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he might be the most important president, not because of his steps, But because of the reaction to them, the reaction we're having to him being a crazy fuck and the fact that he's a crazy fuck in the first place, let's be real, because he's crazy. And then we hear about some shit and we're like, that can't be right. Right. And then we look into it and we're like, holy shit, this is fucking happening. But it's always been happening. We just didn't fucking know. And then we react and make a move in order to change it for the better. That
0: can you show? Can you can you point to a move, though, that was made What by him? No, something that he did that caused a change.
2: I 100% think that our knowledge of the Hispanics in cages and our movements... This is what I meant before about uh, having sort of a philosophical renaissance. This is a conversation that has literally opened about where we stand and what is right and who has the right to come into this country where we were just like, yeah, let the government handle it. It's fine. But now there's no fucking way. Now everybody has an opinion on this and we're having the conversation. I don't think we'll be able to have a solid bill or something signed in the positive until we have a senate that allows things like that to happen but i think the discussion opened and when he's out the cuz you know it's always a flop it's republican and democrat republican and democrat right. some democrats coming down the line whether it's soon or in a couple of years and then there's going to be a wave of things that guy is going to have to do to satisfy this country because of the things people have become and i hope that this maniac wins again because just it's only been four years and we've discovered like nine million things that we were meant to not know imagine what happens in four more years if he doesn't blow us up we will know so much hopefully he doesn't blow us up but like that's still the possibility but if he doesn't We're going to be so informed on shit we were never meant to know because he doesn't seem to have a mute button. And everybody would wish he did. So he's giving us not. Say that again? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Continue no it's pretty much that we're just gonna find out in a couple of years uh, and not find out but we're gonna somebody's gonna have to please the people because the people are gonna have voted somebody blue in and that's it if they don't they get removed easily but the, the the bills and the laws are gonna have to satisfy people based on the information we have based on the crap this maniac has been doing that has revealed a bunch of crazy things so at the moment we can't do anything but the fact that there's and think of If he were to be in office for four more years, think of how long we have to have this conversation. We just have a lengthy amount of time to dissect and understand how wrong it is without even being able to make a move. Because we'll impulsively make a move if we could. We're just like, oh, no, do this shit. And then we'll regret our decisions. But we have, what, four more years to have a real conversation about the rights for women and these predatorial people in power. But how a bunch of other women came out just for the attention and disrupted a movement that was legitimate because there is a bunch of maniacs with power. But then what's right and what's wrong? Do we believe the victim or do we believe the victim that's being accused of doing something? And do we do we? believe uh that these people are allowed in our country or is our well-being more important first and then we worry about somebody else and under what circumstance is somebody else allowed in and rights for everybody what are rights that matter and who gets to choose what does what and why does the government get to force us to do things when they're supposed to work for us and so many things that we are just discussing at the moment we have the so ability you, to make a change, I'm sure it's going to be monumental.
0: So, and what I take from what you said is the first four years woke us up and the next four years, if he wins, will allow us to plan and strategize now that we're awake. Yes. So he's, uh, he in in some ways, you de- you think he's one of the most important presidents, if not the most important, because he's given us like knowledge, knowledge that we've never had access to before. I mean, he and when we have access to knowledge, we're able to execute things a lot differently.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would... Uh, tread lightly on those cuz i don't think he, I mean, he he gave us knowledge it's just his existence and his way of being has informed us okay yeah i don't think he uh huh. i don't think he's out there like i'm a, I'm a no. let the people know
0: <laughs> no but we're curious individuals right and when you go some, when you go left when everybody's used to going right it makes some it makes people pause and want to figure out why and then the discovery of why you're learning everything that you just said right like yes. Pages and how you Yes. yes you're yes, learning yes. about the just how Just how much checks and balances really aren't checks and balances, right? And just how you're learning a a wealth of things that you trusted other, potentially trusted other people with.
2: Yes. See, I would, I would say, I got three statements about this man. One, he's the most important president has ever existed. Two, he's the least presidential president that has ever existed, according to what we believe a president should be. And three, he's the most american president that has ever existed because he's american as fuck and how do we know because he says fuck you to everything he's ever looked at and there's nothing more american than a guy who does whatever the fuck he wants for money okay
0: that's true i don't know if i end that i don't know if i equate that with being the most american but yes he definitely says fuck you to everything
2: yeah he's america's fuck dude he's what texas would be if the slogan <laughs> for texas wasn't friendship OK, wait, explain that. Explain that. Well, every state has a slogan and Texas's slogan is uh, friendship. And you
0: think Texas is the exact opposite of that?
2: I Definitely. <laughs> you tell me either one of us can walk through any Texas town without a gun being pulled out on us for the way we specifically I, look. And I'll call I think bullshit. Texas is in a shift, though. I think Texas is. You think they're going blue?
0: I mean, it's hard to talk about Texas as a whole. I mean, no time soon, right? And probably not, I don't want to say in our lifetime, but no time soon. But I do think that there's uh, there's an influx of uh, d- demographics of people, right? People of color that are changing the way Texas is operating, not necessarily on the scale of as a state, but individually in neighborhoods. And that can only continue to grow. Fair I enough. I
2: see right fair there. enough. Fair enough. I think that shift is happening everywhere except on the west and the east for whatever reason, where we just have this kind of death grip on our ideologies or whatnot. But I think that stands pretty true. Actually, scratch that. I think the South is turning purple slowly with a future of blue. The North is already bluest. I mean, they're fucking Canadian at this point. They we should just cut off that part and mm-hmm. give it to Canada. I think, really, the only place that seems to be stagnant as fuck are the East Coast and the West Coast. I think those are just frozen in their ways. And I also think, although we think we're arguing with the people in red, it's so much more likely we're just arguing with each other and just think it's those people we're arguing with.
0: I live in New York City, New York City politics is everything you just said when you have uh what two Republicans and a what fifty one whatever city council you're not arguing with those two Republicans. who are they? you're arguing amongst yourselves around everything. Mm-hmm. all the decisions that are being made are not happening against like the opposition they're half well the opposition within
2: your own party exactly exactly so, yeah. and uh sadly, this is a blue problem this is This is such a blue problem because we seem to eat our own. For fucking anything, for anything, and for everything. Meanwhile, all the the red individuals will stand behind each other, no matter what. Both of those are wrong. I think both of those are wrong as fuck. You can't, for all of eternity, say I'm on this side, regardless of what atrocities they might do. And that's the red. No matter how horrible you are, we're all red together. We will fall as one. And that's like, nah, dude. Maybe once in a while, kick a motherfucker out. But then the blue. It's on the whole fucking opposite. You stepped on a cockroach. Get the fuck out of our team. And it's like, bro, what do you mean? I just fought 30 years for your liberties. Yeah, but that cockroach was my homie. It's like, god damn, bro, is there a limit here? You guys will kick anybody out. Those motherfuckers won't kick anybody out.
0: No, but because in order for you to get into that, that red club, your, your foundation is specific, I think. No matter what you're building on top of it, the foundation is the same. And so that then allows them To 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 support no matter what, because at the end of the day, they know they're all trying to get to the same place, whatever that may be. I think on the other side, it's it's still trying to figure it out, still trying to understand what actually brings us together, other than we're, quote unquote, fighting the opposition. Yeah. And we all want to see bigger and better and greater and for ourselves. But what does that actually look like? Right. We can see the, the big picture, but we don't know what the details of that looks like. And that then, depending on where city you're in, depending on what time you're in, whether it's 2008 or 2016, determines what's eligible, what's not, what's considered, uh, cruel, rule, I mean, rude, cruel, mean, and what's like, huh, nothing.
2: Man, you've definitely so, just enlightened me because I didn't think about that before. There is no, no singular vision on the left. It is just a common enemy at the end of the goal a bunch of squiggly lines somewhere in the middle and we don't know where it starts and ends and then everybody over here just running in that direction hoping we don't bump into each other heading there meanwhile the red is just a shit ton of straight lines in the same direction
0: i mean look at who's running for president like who's running on the democratic ticket you have one idea of what it means to to lift everybody up and you have a, the other idea on the other end of it there's not all you know is that you want to get somewhere better but how we get there what that actually
2: looks like you're totally right when this uh that we actually face when the democratic uh thing started there were like 30 motherfuckers lined up to participate in this bitch that shit was big as fuck There were mad people running and it's like Mm -hmm. these people have you're telling me every one of these motherfuckers has a different message how is that even possible but yeah there's at least that many messages holy shit so then how much is not being accounted for where are the silent voices how many of them might there be and what does that even look like if we're all trying to get somewhere but like you said we have no idea what the fuck the full picture looks like we just know we don't want their full picture but we don't even know what our full picture is mm, they're fighting different wars <laughs> yeah fighting different battles 100 like... percent. no i i think you got it right the first time i think we're fighting completely different wars Uh, it's a bunch of battles that happen to be in the same place but the war Mm. that we're fighting is so drastically different we're trying to accomplish so many different things but we're in the same fucking battles trying to get there assuming hey at least we're together for this right and it's like maybe (laughs) maybe that's not the way to go maybe we should sit and again that's where the conversation begins. This maniac opened up 900 million doors and everybody's like, where do I stand on this?
0: Mm-hmm. And everyone is just as important. We support, and everyone is supposed to be just as equally thought of. And, and but you have to start somewhere.
2: Yep. You're definitely. So, something needs to open it for talking, the conversation to start.
0: Mm-hmm. You're talking and it makes me think of, so we're fighting uh, criminal justice, right? We want to see less black and brown people in jail. We want to make sure that marijuana is legal. Weed is legal. We want to make sure, like, but but the the fight and in, in, even in New York specifically is like how what does that look like how do we get there Whereas on the other side they're not even thinking about that It's it's how do we make sure that no matter what happens we have the judges in place to to combat it So they're already so they've been fighting right or actively putting judges in places in these lower courts to combat the the idea that we haven't even landed on how to execute
2: Fair enough And the, the example for your example is what just happened with the Congress. Everybody's actually just jumping way ahead. We're like, this is what we want. Nobody's thinking about how they're going to get there. Nobody. The other side is, they're planning the path. We're all just seeing the end result. With the impeachment, that is exactly what happened. Everybody... Jumped way ahead. Yeah, let's impeach him. It's like, maybe get all your shit together before you do that. Maybe before you try that, get a bunch of facts and collect all the information. No, we gotta do it now. And then they jumped in. They didn't have anything in place to beat the system to get people interviewed and have witnesses and have evidence. They were just like, we'll get it while we're there. Not good enough. Why not plan your way there? But everybody got so excited and jumped all the way to the end of the finish line and they got there with nothing and couldn't finish the fucking race and that's where everybody is well not everybody that's where a whole fucking one side of the problem is the other side is like let's just meticulously organize our chessboard. we're playing chess they're playing fucking checkers (laughs) they just know i gotta get a queen one of them is gonna make it right meanwhile they're like i'm gonna get every single one of my pieces to the other side and
0: and every piece and every takedown is is thought out and planned exactly to the very
2: end we're playing two very fucking different games
0: and then I think there are those who weren't in an ability to control that, at least in conversations that I've been around, where you already you could see the writing on the wall. You knew what was going to happen, right? The, the, the conversation that we were then trying to have or people were then trying to have is, well, what, what happens next, right? How do you then move forward when you can already predict the outcome? And I'm sure none of those people are already having that conversation.
2: 100%. We don't think. We don't think. We're stuck in this. Uh, and again, it has to do with the fact that we've we've gotten used to it, you know? We've gotten used to the act of not thinking. We have information given to us. We have phones that save numbers, so we don't have to remember numbers. We have uh, headlines that tell us the information, so we don't have to formulate an opinion. We just go somewhere to receive the information. We completely remove people of different opinions. We formulate our own identity Around this information, the movies we watch, the games we play, the news we watch, the people and their opinions that are around us, we haven't had a thought in like 20 fucking years. And then we're over here trying to plan against people. My favorite way to express this is the rich people tell the world the city is where all the good things happen. That's where the biggest buildings are, that's where the biggest stores are. Where does the rich guy fucking live? In a goddamn island in the middle of fucking nowhere in pure nature with a house in the woods. Why is he telling you uh. to be in the fucking city and he ran the fuck away? That's the problem. We're fed the information by the people who are trying to keep the truth to themselves. Huh.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I didn't. I never. I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way. If you look at like the Jeff Bezos and the Bill Gates, they live nowhere near where they're where they're like. Where the city is. They no know where it
2: is. Everybody escapes, but they tell you where the good stuff is, and they expect you to believe it. Hmm. And it's just part of the programming. They want you where there are a bunch of GPS and satellites. They want you where there's uh, constant ads everywhere. They want you where they know what you're seeing, so they know what they can sell you based on that. There's a million ads. Let's say you're walking down New York City Street. You're just going through Times Square. How much shit that you get sold Without even knowing you did by walking down Times Square. You got bombarded by like 800 million ads. Okay, now you're slowly being programmed, whether it's to sell you a physical object or an idea. You're just walking down, receiving subconscious information. And that's what these marketers are programmed to do, right? Their whole job is, how can I get your subconscious to want more of this? So you're just walking down, you receive 800 million fucking ads. Are any single one of those ads out in the fucking woods that these people live? No. No. These motherfuckers strap their houses with solar panels just in case the grid shuts down randomly. They still got power. What do they do, dude? Do they have fucking social accounts? You jump online, it's being managed by a team. Are they using it? Uh, no. No, because that's where the brainwashing
0: is. I mean, it, there was an article too. that. I mean, yes, that is so true. There was an article where uh, what Mark Zuckerberg was talking about, how he limits. He is not on Facebook as much as you would think he should be or could be or would be, given that he has been there since day one. Right. Like a lot of those people in power do not even connect sometimes with their own products that are making them that insanely rich and isolated. So
2: because they know what they're doing the to those products. Think uh, the The best example so, is Facebook. How how fucking addicting is Facebook? People go to work and they land on Facebook as soon as they sit down. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you, can you, can just...
0: Subway. you can't even use Facebook underground yet. You, you have it open trying to see the, the little bit that you can see until you get to a stop with some service. 100%. Yeah, you the activate
2: the, uh, the background page thing so that everything kind of gets uploaded. You're in there. You can at least scroll without loading anything. You can see an entire line of things and read through all that crap. Why? Because you just can't get off. And these people, their entire job is to program it, to to make sure, look, we need to make it so that people keep coming back and that they want to be here. And I 100% don't get me wrong. I don't think people begin with bad intentions. Nobody's like, oh, yes, I'm a scheme and get everybody hooked and I'm just going to fucking disappear. No, these are people who have goals and purposes. And okay, my job is to come into the office every day and with a team of like 30 other motherfuckers sit here and discuss what features people might like more. And, uh, what could get them coming back? And we want them to be interested in our platform because, you know, there's social media. We want people to connect and whatever. They come at it with that idea, but their whole job revolves around that same idea. So they accomplished it one time. Okay, now what's the next part of this? And a million different features make it in. Collectively, that starts building up and it just starts hooking people in such a way that they can't even separate themselves and their identity revolves around this fucking existence crisis where if it's not online, it doesn't even fucking exist. But it was by design, but also like not intentionally, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just like, So, how do you, how do you as an individual knowing that, uh, make sure that your thoughts, your, your purchases, your decisions are more authentic to you and not sort of an amalgamated combination of everything that you've been bombarded
2: with? Oh, I'm a fucking minimalist. I don't really care about things, but I love making things. I actually use those same systems to brainwash people to get them to consume the things that I make in the first place. So I'm actually just as guilty as Facebook.
0: So you don't necessarily see something wrong with it.
2: No, there's definitely something wrong with it. I just don't think it's intentional. I think it's the fact that we live in a society of addicts and people don't know that addiction is the toss of a coin that you'll be addicted to something and it's usually whatever you're exposed to in your teens that you're most likely to get addicted to which is why a bunch of people are addicted to marijuana is because they were rebelling as teens and they started smoking at that time and now they can't stop smoking even if they wanted to same thing with vaping like some people might vape for a week and be like "Ah, i guess it's not for me but if you did it in your teens and now you're in your 20s you're fucking stuck with that bitch in your mouth and there's no way you're dropping that because fuck i need it and it's not even that you're addicted to the thing. You're addicted to the habit surrounding it. Think of a smoker of a cigarette, right? They, they're they not addicted to the nicotine or whatever, the tobacco that they're told they're addicted to. That's just people trying to sell them bullshit. Oh, then buy my nicotine gum. But why doesn't the nicotine gum if it's no. giving work if it's giving you the same shit? is because the act of standing, holding the cigarette, the motions you make, the smell that gets ritualized as you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. That gets programmed and you miss that. And that's it. That's all and it is. Exactly.
0: Yep. My cousin, she uh she talks about how the reason why anytime she goes anywhere to eat is because she needs the hand to mouth motion. She needs dip. She gets dipped no matter where she goes to eat. She needs the hand to mouth motion because of smoking, right? Like she's used to that's how she feeds her craving when she's inside somewhere because clearly you can't smoke anywhere inside. Yeah, in most of the United States now. Right. So that hand to mouth motion, it's not the actual act of smoking. It's not the actual act of the dip, like the taste of the dip. It's the hand to mouth motion that she needs.
2: A hundred percent. It's it's there's just some sort of programming that happens when you do, especially the, the longer you do it, the more you've sort of engraved the habit. And that is where Facebook comes in. It's designed to do that. It's designed so that you scroll. You see something you like because, you know, it's targeted, so you're more likely to see the things that you'd like to see. You see something you like, you click on it, now you're stuck there for a little. Oh, I got to go back to work. You go do whatever. Oh, here's a break moment. Eh, I guess I'll jump online. Let me go. I saw something else. I clicked it. I read it. Oh, there's a notification. Let me check that out. Okay, now I got to get back to what I was doing. You do that enough times when you have the freedom as a kid You got nothing to do at home. You're just bored scrolling. Uh, You're in your early 20s. You just lost your job, so you spend all day on fucking Facebook. Uh, You're raising kids and, you know, you're waiting for the soccer game to finish. You can pick them up, so you're scrolling through Facebook. And so you did it so often in such repetition. Whether or not you were having a conversation with somebody, they made it so scrolling is entertaining. Just going through and, oh, look at that post. I could just read that or look at that post. And you got sucked in. The habit is what you're used to. You're not, half the time, most people are so brainwashed and you can see this yourself. They're not even reading the posts. They just go on and start scrolling, looking to see if a picture shows up. That's it.
0: Are you one of the people that scrolls? You bring this up, makes me, I've been in a conversation recently around, uh, We'll scroll, and if something will catch our attention. But if the post is too long, like almost if I have to click more, I don't want to. I don't even like the post anymore. I need to go on to the next one. It's like our attention span to to actually like diving into something, to truly trying to gain something meaningful from something that's beyond 180 characters, or 40 characters, or whatever the limit is. Like doesn't exist anymore so we want quick fast and temporary almost like we're always looking for that fix as much as we try to like read a post sometimes it yeah that instagram those tools aren't always set up for deep dives.
2: a hundred percent it's good. it's it's and it didn't even start at instagram it didn't start at facebook this is a youtube problem we're talking about right now because youtube huh. at the very beginning was vloggers and people making short one to three to five minute videos a great example of this is ray william johnson he kind of came strong and just went into the background somewhere but he had short videos that would just give you three fun things that happened on the internet and he would quickly discuss that and then boom it's the end of it and there were so many other videos surrounded by that format of you get to basically watch a whole show or a whole thing and it's just only five minutes long and the ritualization of consuming something in that short amount of time allowed for something like twitter to jump into crazy popularity where it's like oh the short attention span exists let's go ahead and make tiny little messages where everybody can in the least amount of words possible share any opinion they've ever had we're not even going to filter it so people go ahead and migrate to that and start sharing think of think about where the majority of celebrities hang out but those people weren't celebrities a crap ton of them became celebrities to do what through youtube they became famous that way Uh. why are they on twitter because it's the same they're marketing to the adult version of the same people who were watching them when they were younger people with the short attention spans But those people are now on Instagram as well. They're not going to write something big. Why the hell would I do that? That's fucking crazy. I know I've always written short and I will continue to do that because those are my principles. And so you got tiny little short things and a picture that goes with it, which then brings us to Facebook, which was essentially connecting with family and ranting in long paragraphs. But what happened there? Everything shrunk and shrunk and shrunk to serve the Twitter audience to the point that Facebook even fucking acquired uh, Instagram because fuck it, what's the Instagram. difference at this point? Yeah, it's a weird not self-fulfilling much. prophecy. Uh, Ever...
0: which is, but then why didn't Vine survive? Because right?
2: like Vine tried but... it too soon. Hmm. As the attention span was being programmed into a social media-like structure. What like What is TikTok if not Vine? That's true. That is true. You get my point? It's just Vine tried to do it while face while YouTube was at its hardest swing, you can't compete with the monster while it's peaking. But as YouTube has begun to demonetize people and people are leaving it like wildfire, creators don't want to be there anymore. It's a toxic environment. This other thing rises that is essentially just Vine, but for people now, TikTok. So some short videos and weird effects. The end. things don't last more than 10 seconds but hey you got the message what the fuck is the difference there's no difference it's a social media fine it just happened to be there at the right time versus peaking or attacking youtube while it's peaking like you're not gonna win at doing that thing while it's doing that thing and it's the most known thing in the world it's like if facebook would have come out at the peak of myspace it would have died but myspace had a quiet period And then Facebook popped up and started growing during that quiet MySpace period. And then MySpace couldn't recover. That's how it should be. Not, I'm going to attack the monster while it's at its biggest. Nah, you wait for the, it's like a Pokemon battle. Weaken that bitch and then throw a Pokeball. Yes.
0: Yes. Sorry. (coughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, because I think, I think, yes. A part of what happened to me with MySpace, at least why I became disinterested was because I got tired of, I felt like I was like, should have been in school for coding. Like I felt like I could not be my best self on MySpace if I didn't have some level of HTML, coding, uh, all the things that at first seemed cool, but became too much. And Facebook was simple, organized, structured, uh, exciting at first because it was for only people that were in college. So you felt a little exclusivity, uh, and they slowly branched out in a way that swallowed the world slow burn yeah well yes facebook was a slow burn and then it wasn't
2: yeah yeah but here's the thing this this goes for the uh the work ethic right like anything that happens crazy fast like myspace is gonna fall down as fast as it came up But anything that slowly builds, you start with a foundation, a strong foundation. And then you start putting brick by brick. You don't fucking lay down a bunch of cardboard and say this is a house. You go ahead and start putting one by one and making sure everything is perfectly aligned. Everything is where it needs to be and it gets a little bigger. And then you go on to the next row. And okay, I know the bottom row is solid. So this next row, I just got to watch for this. I don't have to look back anymore. Before long, it might take long to build this building. But there isn't a fucking thing in the planet that can knock that building down. And that's what Facebook is. It's that slow build, but precise as a motherfucker.
0: Which makes me so interested to see what's the next thing if I'm around.
2: Oh, man. It's possible that uh, closing down the internet might be the next thing. It might have to be. It might have to be. Because let's think about it. Let's give this real hard thought everybody stealing everybody's information. That's fine. We opt into it by not reading terms and agreements. And if we opted into reading it, we wouldn't want to be part of the platform. But if we don't want to be part of the platform, we don't interact with the people who are on the platform that we want to interact with. So then we're more likely to still ignore the fucking terms and conditions and opt into it. That's a crazy fucking level of control. Either Facebook is going to become government the way religion used to be or mm. it has to be broken up both of thing, both of which have been discussed already facebook proposed it's uh it's a uh, facebook income where it's essentially a bitcoin and if at any point in the future amazon were to acquire facebook or facebook acquire amazon and 99 percent of people get all their shit through amazon but you could only buy there with a facebook coin what does that say for somebody who got banned now you just can't buy food as whole foods kills all the supermarkets and then whole foods itself becomes a non-physical place you order from and it lands at your front door and then you get banned from facebook can you buy food no you're fucking gonna starve that's it it's over that's government which then the people who heard this were like this is fucking ridiculous we gotta break this bitch apart which is the solution here. They're considering breaking Facebook apart into individual pieces, keeping the social media platform part as an actual part of uh, government surveillance so that they can forever keep that bitch in check. One of those things is going to win. The other one is going to lose. Who the fuck knows which one it is, and we're probably looking down a 20-year road right now, but we know one of those things is going to happen. And I think business tends to win more often over government. Uh, I mean government is a business. There you go. Government is
0: business. Yeah, I and mean, you look
2: at the success. Anything thing, you can pay is business and government can be paid. But I think it,
0: but what makes me excited about that because oh. when there's a there's a lot of unknown with what direction it can go and what the outcome will be, I think is that even if it's detrimental to society, it will suck, it will not suck forever and it will continue to uh, Fuel the imagination of humans to figure out the solution. So the next thing is what I think I look past is what I look to, right? Not the not the period where we're in chaos trying to figure it out because we've gotten too big or or some entity has gotten too too powerful, but like what genius does that spark in someone that that will be the new way that will be the new
2: thing, right? That, I completely agree. I completely agree. There is uh, always this sort of... Uh, that that goes back to the fact that we're just scared for the sake of being scared. Because at the end of the day, they're not just going to be like, we can still keep banning everybody at any point that we want if this is the only way they can shop for food. Like, obviously that problem is going to be solved before we get there. But that's that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We're just all paranoid as fuck. We're just like, oh my god, if Facebook gets this power, will n- and they just ban me, they're just going to ban me, and I'm never going to be able to buy food, and blah, blah, blah. It's like... I'm sure those kinks will be worked out before this crosses that road. But in order for us to have the conversation to avoid that, like you were saying, maybe our fear just makes us preventative. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But to what end? I mean, yes. Historically,
2: yes. Historically,
0: nothing that we've been talking about to me feels, uh, well, not nothing. Historically, I think we are in a moment that has already happened in another lifetime and in another like, yeah, in another time period where things were being figured out, and discovered and analyzed and dissected and feared, then caused a change, which then created another cycle. And I wonder, but I, yes, but I wonder where we are in that. Right. So are we in the stage of we're operating on fear? We're trying to create uh, boundaries. We're trying to be preventative. Uh, Being led by fear. Where are we? And I'm totally going, taking this in a different direction, but us bringing it back makes me wonder, where are we in this this circle of life? There you go. Where are we in the circle of life as it relates to the discovering of new things, the new fears that are coming up, the new knowledge that we're being given access, not being given access to, that we're discovering, that we're trying to figure out, what is the new Amazon that's coming up? Okay. Or are we never going to see the new Amazon? I see where you're going with this. And,
2: And what I would say to that is, we're at every single part of it all at the same time. We're discovering new things as we're fixing things that have been a problem for a while, as we're having discussions for possibilities that might be coming, and that's all simultaneous. I don't think even the situations we're thinking of in the past were just one situation. When we look at individual problems, we could determine where the beginning, the middle, and the end to them were, but when we're talking about society at that time... There were 300 beginnings, 300 middle points, and 300 endings to 900 different problems. At any given moment. Yep. And I think that's where we are. We're just always in the middle of the shit. Right now, we're preventative towards what is Facebook going to do at the same time that we're like, we're going to fix Trump. At the same time that we're like, yeah, but we, we figured out that this is how you deal with that kind of person. And so we're in this... We're always in a perpetual motion forward. It can only ever get better than it was, even if it always looks like chaos, because it always is chaos. But it's always sort of, there's there's a method to the madness, even if we don't know what the method is. Collectively, as a society, we can only move forward. Even if individually, we're horrified because it doesn't look like we have any part in that moving forward. But it's because we're thinking, but me! But no, fuck your individual bullshit. Us, us, we're all moving forward and our arguments and that side and this side and us walking in lines and us marching and us beating the shit out of each other and dropping bombs here and there. We're all moving forward. It looks crazy as shit because you're looking at your point of view. You're just thinking, what about me? But we're all in it and we're all, and that's the problem. We all, we're all subjective. Nobody's looking bigger picture. We think we are. We think our point of view is the bigger picture. So we're crazy. We're all losing our minds. We think the world's ending.
0: Which really is narrow minded. Yeah. Which really means it's narrow minded and focused on the one thing. I, yeah. You saying that makes it go. That's why the ends justifying the means stands out to me It's because at the end of the day, we're all moving forward, right? But in between the start and the end, some people are going to be upset. Some entities are not going to, uh, they're not going to make it or not going to be happy. But ultimately society is moving forward, right? Some, there's just some stragglers along the way or some, yeah
2: yeah we all feel like stragglers we all feel like the left out person that's a problem we all feel like the one left out because we don't know why is it working i don't know why it's working but like don't worry nobody knows why it's working it's just the, something collectively conscious about all of us is pushing it forward individually ask anybody and they're like i don't fucking know i don't know shit about anything bro i don't fucking know who's <laughs> telling the truth who's lying why they're doing it I'm not sure this country's lines are real. Those might be imaginary. If I go to space, there might be no border. I don't fucking know. But (laughs) we're also moving forward. Shit, it seems like it hasn't collapsed in thousands of fucking years. And I don't know how anybody's doing it. It's like nobody does. It's inherently avoiding each other and embracing each other and fighting each other and making rules to not fight each other and loving each other and making rules to not love each other too much. Yeah, we just keep moving forward. Little inches at a time individually, but giant footsteps as a whole thing. And the more of us there are, the quicker it moves. That's why even the technology is a great example for this. The more of us there are, the faster it moves forward. Just its okay. It was small, tiny steps at the beginning because there were small, tiny people doing it. And people got bigger and more bold, and fucking technology moved quicker and quicker. And now we went from 10 years ago... Internet was barely a baby. Now everything exists on the internet. You're not a person if you don't. In a couple of years we're gonna upload ourselves into that fucking internet and we're not gonna have bodies or some crazy shit like that. Who the fuck knows? It's moving too quick. But that's how society works. We're just like all flying I mean, forward and the more of us there are, the quicker it's gonna move.
0: When restaurants are going cashless and they want you to have their app in order to pay, you're right. <laughs> At what point did cash stop being valuable? Uh yeah. At what point did cash stop being valuable? At what point did your phone and the download of that app connecting your car to it become more important than a dollar bill?
2: Oh, no, I got a I got a secret to tell you. Cash was never valuable, buddy. Yeah. You were lied to. Oh, Oh, OK. <laughs> that was just some number. Somebody told you mattered and you were like, I guess so an illusion man yeah somebody hands you a piece of paper with a dead guy on it and they're like this paper is green thus it's more important than that white paper you already possess you're like yeah i see where you're coming from that has a dead president on it it has to be more important they're like i'm gonna give you stuff but only if you give me that dead president that white piece of paper i don't want that one i want this other piece of paper that took way less tree to make like, okay, fair enough, I get your rules, buddy, and I'm gonna go do that, but if we all suddenly okay. decided the dollar doesn't matter, how poor are the richest people in the world? How poor are the richest people in the world? Mm. yeah, if we were just like we don't value the dollar anymore, we're building a new economy today. That's it. We don't care about the no. dollar anymore. How rich is Bill Gates? I, th- I think he is still rich. you think he's still rich i
0: think I how? think Bill Gates is still rich i think I think the 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 death will be of the small business the small man
1: do you think so
0: it will not be
2: yeah it will not be bill gates no i can tell you why it would be bill gates i think the bigger business owners are at more threat i think that's the case because they don't have the money to pay the little guy that makes them better than the little guy the little guy can do just as much as that guy can You have a small business, you got the stock in that small business. You've been running a bodega for 20 years, right? You know who to go to to get the thing, whatever, blah blah blah. You talk to the same guy every fucking week, he goes ahead, signs a piece of paper, delivers it in a fucking truck, blah blah blah. Does the guy at the top of a fucking corporate environment know how to go into a... Let's say we all went to barter right now. We all just go to barter system. What the fuck is Bill Gates gonna do? He can't pay other people. All he has is bills he, he has the food in the buildings but he can't distribute the food in the buildings what stops the people who work for him from just walking out with it where's his manpower if he can't pay somebody to stop them they just you know, take it
0: i'd i'd, uh, I'd agree with you if, if i didn't think that the day that the dollar stops being like becomes totally useless will be because those at the top decided that and they've already put in place mechanisms and tools to continue their success
2: 100 percent. i completely agree that's if so that's
0: why I say Bill Gates would still be rich, right? Because it, Bill Gates would have been prepared for it.
2: 100%. In a realistic scenario, the only way this would happen is if the people on top did it. Because the people at the bottom will never agree. They would never agree to do something. So if it's not even a matter of left and right, it'll be like, no, nah, that bitch believes in abortion. So I'm not going to agree with not believing in the dollar because she believes in not believing in the dollar. And she doesn't have all my same ideologies. You know how much we'd have to conquer to unanimously decide? And we, not just ideologically, but we also have to agree that we don't fucking want to hoard a bunch of shit that we can only buy with that money. We have to agree that for a while while we figure it out, we're not going to have all the things that make us crazy lazy and that are incredibly convenient. Most people would be like, nah, fuck that. I like getting fucking Amazon straight to my door. I like ordering a pizza and it's showing up and I never got up. I like all of those things, and that requires fictional money. So fuck that idea of not valuing the dollar. But if we somehow all agreed on it, the rich people would be fucked. The problem is, that would never happen. The rich people would agree on it, and then all the little people would be fucked.
0: And the reason why the rich would agree would be because there's a smaller, there's a smaller, smaller number, right, than everyone else. It's easier to get to a solution when there's five versus when there's fifties. And, and I think about that because... I don't think the masses, the, the, the example to me is uh, food stamps. Food stamps went from being cash to being a card. And that, I don't think that was, that wasn't a discussion amongst the masses. Because when it first transitioned, like from from cash to cards, it was not, from the conversations I've been around with people that have discussed it, it was not like a good thing. Like that was not, they weren't excited about it. It wasn't until it happened that they start that they could start to see the benefits of it.
2: Yeah, 100%. Well, he I completely agree. And talking about that specifically, I'm I'm so sure there was a giant chunk of like service abusers that were just like buying hella weed and like crack, coke. People buying fucking all the psychedelics under the sun. That's I'm gonna pay for my UFC pay per view with that fucking food stamps, bruh. I'm so sure that was a giant chunk of it. And then by having it be this card that you can only shop for food with versus here's a bunch of money do whatever the fuck you want with it because i remember specifically the people used to take their check to able Dega, i get it traded for money illegally obviously that person would then go use it on buying food for their shop or whatever but it would bu- right. it would build rapport with the people who would go and do that and it makes them more likely to shop at your store in the first place so there was that little kind of side thing but why do you, if you're gonna go buy food why do you need the cash Rather than the the paper that says it's for food, it's like nah. Like obviously, you're gonna go fucking use that on some other shit. But the guy who runs a bodega can still buy food with it, and it looks like you did what you were supposed to with it. That's a broken ass system. It's good that they changed it, but also nobody who was affected by it had a word in changing it.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it was told to them, and you still want the assistance, so you you dealt with it. I think we're now starting to see though some resistance against those changes towards public assistance in a way that we haven't before, whereas before I think it was go along to get along in order to keep it. Now it seems like uh the new policies or laws or instructions or the requirements are infringing on people's regular day-to-day lives, and, and we're starting now to see pushback.
2: I completely Because agree. we're more
0: knowledgeable. We're more understanding of, of government. Not as much as we should be, but as you said, we continue to move forward. So we're yes. better today than we were yesterday.
2: A hundred percent. There's never any taking steps back, although it might look that way. This is actually why I wanted that uh, the dude who was proposing the universal income. One, obviously, I Dang. would love to have fucking survival money and not have to do shit ever. Fantastic, bro. But realistically speaking, like I can't like I'll end up doing something. I can't be still. But I know that there's. There's many people out there who are miserable working, and they're not the person who wants to work. Maybe there's a the person who just wants to raise a family, but now they' gotta go fucking work because money and fucking matters. But if you were already given what you need to survive, you could just raise your family if that's what you so wish to do. you don't have right. extra shit, but you have what you need, and that's what matters and I think something like universal income would a hundred percent help that situation there are people who are just lazy there are people who aren't lazy but don't want to do money related things again like raising a family and there are people who do want to go and do money related things and grow a fucking empire and run the top of a building and have fucking 100 billion dollars for god knows what reason but there's those there's an entire spectrum but it's all focused on the people who want money and forces even the people who don't into a situation where they need money. And I think universal income is an ideal way for people to not even need these benefits. You have everything you need. You have all your rent paid. Electricity and water are free. They're just part of your thing. And Medicare, not Medicare, but uh, medical insurance. You don't need insurance. You just go and get taken care of. The end. As for extra shit you don't need, go get a fucking job. Hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I... Yes, I agree. And I think universal basic income definitely. It's like I mean, the fact that it's actually a conversation uh, that if 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 someone picks up the torch after Yang, like can definitely be like a real conversation that actually happens and we could see something. My sort of I don't want to say uh, what makes me hesitant or at least what question I have is how you have to make sure that you have policies or laws in place to actually prevent all those that are already in a position of power from uh, benefiting from that in a way that continues to not allow uh, the middle or the lower income people to succeed, right? Like if you know that everyone's getting $12,000 a year, what's to stop the already sky high rocket rent in New York from going up even more.
2: I Uh, I, a hundred percent know how to solve that problem. And it goes with the progression of basically we just have to think of what the future of it would look like before we got there. And then implement those changes rather than the initial. So universal basic income gives everybody the necessities. Everybody could jack up the prices. You're 100% sure. But let's go down the line here. You get the money. And that money allows you to pay for the food necessary for you to survive, the rent necessary for you to survive, the light, the water, uh, car insurance, health insurance. It covers everything you need, whatever, right? All those individual companies could raise all those prices and you'd be fucked completely. A hundred percent. And that is garbage. That fucking sucks. But that's essentially what it's covering. Meaning money sort of loses its value beyond having that for people who don't do anything other than survive in those conditions and they're like yeah i don't really need anything i'm a minimalist i just eat my food go to my house and i'm fine i don't buy a bunch of bullshit i don't need and whatever okay so money is devalued these people would already be uh there's a giant group of people who want to survive off of being artistic whether it be writing books or paintings or fucking making a video game or some shit you know there's a million different options for creativity uh that's gonna create that's gonna blossom People are going to take the shot. Even if half of them don't succeed, millions upon millions upon millions are going to be trying because they have the funds to do so. Meaning art is going to be valuable. Money is going to be non-valuable. What's going to happen as a result is we're going to begin, we're going to start changing what we consider to be the money part and the government as a result of the money itself not mattering. But companies being able to shaft anybody, they would essentially take all those businesses and pay them directly, if that makes sense. So it's not that you can rob the people. No, there's a stable price that the government is going to give you, and you're not allowed to shut off the power. And you're not allowed to cut the water. And you're not allowed to jack up the rent. The government pays for that to stay where it is. That person never receives money. That person receives a house that has water, that has rent, they have food at all times, they have all their utilities, all their needs, and all their medical things completely covered, they never see a single penny. They can just live freely in this environment without worrying about those struggles ever. That would be the natural progression towards the future. You implement the rules that make that possible when you begin, and nobody gets screwed. Because the government Hmm. took care of it ahead of time. Nobody has anything to worry about. Now you do have to worry about how to motivate giant numbers of people who aren't just opting into going into a factory. That's a whole other problem. How are we going to keep things moving forward when we don't have the little workers that we do require to build giant structures? How many people really want to be out there and suffer in the hot of the sun? I'm sure there's some, but is there enough to build a building regularly?
0: Right. No, you shift You shift where you put your focus in terms of what are the problems, right? Like, you, you solve one thing, but that doesn't mean you solve everything.
2: Exactly. And so, yeah, okay. So, you, it's, hmm. it's an easy problem to fix. It's just you're going to have a whole other series of shit to deal with, which is fine. That's where we're all where we're at always, right? Like I was just saying, we're in the middle, the beginning, and the end of a million different things. So, we might be solving that, but we're just opening the door to this other shit at the very same time. And then what? Okay, well now we have a fucking bridge broke and there's nobody to fix it. What the fuck are we gonna do? Okay, now people feel obligated to fix it. Maybe we gather those people who have purpose towards those things and feel... But then how many of them do we have? How do we convince the people who don't want to? Or this guy maybe has a museum and look, uh, how many of you want museum shows? I can give you each one day of the year, but you have to build this bridge in under two months and then every single one of you for an entire year can have all your art displayed at my place that's a weird trade but that could work right if they can if they know how to do the job i guess
0: yeah i mean what you're speaking of is like what you what i hear is there's a there's a real conversation that's going to have to happen around what's what the priorities are like what's of importance yeah. Some of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are we starting to value now? That makes me like, yeah, like the conversation of what is, what is more important? Like, when you first gave that example, I'm thinking like, what? No, but in a world where you're not even used to the alternative, like that makes sense, right? It then becomes that then becomes the norm. The question to me that's raised is who makes that decision of what is, what is now – like, who sets the priorities? Who puts them in what? Is that government? Is yes. that the people? And if it's the people, how how is,
2: how is that – what does that look like? It's crazy, right? At this point, I think it would be yeah. indistinguishable between the people and the government because what would the government's job essentially be? We get paid by making sure these things work and – but then again, who, who even moti- uh, It's so complicated, because who the fuck even motivates somebody to run for office at that point if they feel that there's nothing serious to fix? If, if most of the problems are money based, and we lose those problems, and it's about motivating people, why is government the first place we think of? That wouldn't even make sense. I think it makes more sense for a business to try to promote a healthy, I think, I think ultimately it will look something like, at least while we figure it out, it will look something like a barter system. Like I said before, maybe the guy finds a bunch of people who want their art displayed and you trade building the bridge that allows people to get to that art museum in the first place. Because people can't get there because there's no fucking bridge. It broke. But now the people who want their art seen have to build the bridge so that people can get to the art that they're going to have one day to show all of their art. And maybe people love it. And maybe people want to take their art and put it on their social media or whatever the fuck. But that's essentially the barter system. But will that work? No. And how Which, often could it play out that way?
0: Uh, It sounds like the beginning of a new government. Even if you deconstructed government as we know it. And yes, we were living in a world where bartering. I think at some point we would we would have a new version of what government looks like. We may not call it that, but that's that's what it would be.
2: And it would have there's, to be. There's, there's too always going to be some sort
0: of central structure.
2: Yeah, yeah. We have. I we mean, need to, have something is, to in some agree ways by. what
0: pushes us forward, whether we like it or not. Right. At any given moment, the 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 earlier piece around like we're always moving forward. One of the things that continues to push us forward is government.
2: Hundred percent. It's it's because there is so. even if it seems like it's divided, that swinging pendulum of right to left, blue and red that keeps happening and we see a giant divide the fact that we're all looking at the same alleged divide is already a point of unity Hmm. like we see two things but aren't they just two opposite sides of purple that's true i mean
0: yes i like to believe like we're always trying to get to the, we can all be trying to get to the same goal right we can all see it but the path in which we take to get there will never be the same but we may get to the yes or we may figure out the answer but yes. how we got there
2: the problem is we don't want our paths to as much as we think we do we can't have all our paths to get there be the same because just imagine all the things we left behind to get there by only taking one path no i agree yeah we need the sort of diversity and the multiplicity of all these different perspectives and opinions because when we can make them all fit into the same or accomplish the same goal together we know that many different perspectives were covered in doing so If everybody thought the same and we got to the same thing, what value would that hold? We're all just agreeable and we all think the same. There's nothing to satisfy. Everybody's easy to please. But if we can kind of get a common goal satisfied with a bunch of different perspectives, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, female, male, Zed, whatever the fuck, all these different things coming together to satisfy one idea, we know we covered a broader range than we're all blue democratic liberals who support the same ideologies sweet and fuck everybody who didn't agree Like, that doesn't work. The fact that there is this mixture of shit going on, that's beautiful.
0: You say that and it makes me think. One could use, could look at Obama and that man now as the example of that. People thought we were all kumbaya, or there were many people who thought, there was a collect, there was enough people that thought we were kumbaya, right, that the world was kumbaya, that we had gone that his election meant that we were on the straight and narrow, that we were on the right path and no one was looking left or right to see what was still like happening. And it wasn't until this last election where people realized like, no, we need like, because that person is in complete opposition to what was believed or what was thought. Now people are starting to come up with solutions. Now people are starting to actually move things forward in a way that they may not be able to execute right now, but in either a few months or in four more years, we're going to see the change, right? Because of the opposition that we're seeing to what we thought were shared, shared ideals and beliefs and, perspective on how the world should
2: be 100 and and Mm -hmm. the the best part about this is that i I truly believe that in our return to the blue side of things it we're going to have a quiet period from whoever is considered leader at that moment because they want to be in direct opposition to what we just had they want to be tame they want to be more traditional and those kinds of things which will allow us to kind of have a quieting down of extreme new things to complain about to continue having the already existing discussions that were brought up. So we're going to have the time to really process things without having a new reveal. And although there's millions of things that we don't know that we should, we can't fix anything if we know all of them all the time and we're trying to debate 9 million different ideas simultaneously and we only grasp a small detail because we immediately want to jump onto the next one and solve that. Once this period is over, we're probably going to have a quiet period, which is exactly what we need. The process, the amount of shit we have discovered and learned and gotten informed on. And we're going to want solutions for those things. And we're going to demand solutions for those things. And this quiet new place we're going to be in is the right place for us to come up with that and kind of be collectively deciding things because once the divisiveness of this current man is gone and we got some tame average agreeable individual everybody's going to be like oh yeah he's the greatest blah 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 and there's going to be less argument about the drastic because they're not even proposing anything extreme they don't give a fuck they're just trying to like lower the volume lower the volume and both sides are going to be a little more agreeable and, oh yeah i see your point a little more and then that's how we get where we're going Hmm. Oh, it's the necessary evil then definitely like i said before no president has been more important and will likely ever be more important unless we get like a freaking transgender clown or some shit
0: so you don't think the opposite of or do you think that the bernies right who are radical in their own right right like say fuck yous in their own way couldn't come in and and create sort of the same heightened sense of awareness
2: I would say yes, but I'll also say no, and the reason that is is because these people have risen up kind of in opposition to Trump, if that makes sense. They almost want to fix the problems they feel he created, although he just pretty much revealed them because he doesn't he doesn't have the power to make a problem. He's a powerless guy. He's just a, a puppet for the most part, but these people are claiming to want to fix the same problems he stands on the opposite end of so i don't think there'll be a crap ton of new reveals and they could it's totally a possibility but i think probably further in the future i think the way it's gonna look like is uh the next blue side is gonna come in and they're gonna fix all the things that people discover that they don't like and that they have had this discussion whether it be a couple of months or four years that they want the solutions for in the way that people want it then they're going to, whether they be there four years themselves or eight years, they're going to have solved some of these problems in ways that people don't, some of them, in ways that people don't agree with. The next guy's going to come in and he's also not going to be this drastic giant swing. He's going to fix those same problems in their direction a little. And it, it's always the centering thing. The right now it's extremely right. And then this extremely Left is going to happen for problems we didn't know existed. Thus, they started off on the right where they were revealed. So then they're going to be moved severely left, but severely left in this case is a little less because you still got to satisfy the right that was okay with it in the first place. So it's a little less left than it was right. And then the next right is going to come in and they're going to move it a little less right than it is left until it ends somewhere in the middle where everybody's kind of like, oh, this isn't a problem anymore. Why are we even talking about it? And then, after a couple of years of there not even being something to fix, we start going crazy again because we don't have any problems. We gotta make up problems. We gotta start making things dramatic and blah, blah, blah. And then some maniac who's completely fueled by this. We need to find all the problems! Is going to show up and he's going to turn little shits into giant explosions. And then we're going to be like, holy fuck, this has been happening this whole time. And then the cycle starts again, whether it started on left or right. If it started on left, then the right guy comes in and moves it a little less right than it was left. And then some guy a little less left than it was right. And then it ends in the middle. And then we repeat that bullshit over and over. I think that happened when Clinton was in office. That's why the following Bush was kind of like tamer than that Clinton was. And then (laughs) Obama was tamer than that bush was, but then we got this fucking explosion of a man. But then we look backwards, we had Reagan, which was a fucking crazy explosion of a man. And we had Nixon, which was a crazy explosion. But there was like tame periods in between. And it's because that happens. You get this giant swing to one side, and then we center it. And then a giant swing to another side, and then we center that. So I think we're going to have a quiet period for a while. After this. Yes.
0: Then I guess it's less about trying to change it. I guess the individual, right? It's less about trying to change it and more about how do you... How do you move knowing the cycle in which things happen, right? How do you set yourself up for success, you and your family, your neighborhood, right? Knowing that it's not meant to be changed, it's meant to be lived through experience.
2: That, oh, you hit it all on the head. That's that's the problem. You don't try to set up your neighborhood. You don't try to set up your family. You don't try to think forward, we can't see the future. It is, although there's a pattern. Anybody who's tried to predict it has ended up on the wrong side of that prediction, always. We can't see the future is inevitable. It's always going to be what we didn't think, and even if we thought about a million things, that millionth and one that we did not consider is the one that's going to happen, just Mm -hmm. because. It's more about Sadly, the hippie angle, which is sort of be present, understand others, be compassionate, love everybody, regardless of whether you agree or not, because their opinions are just as valid as your opinions. They just come from a different upbringing or ideologically built system, and they have struggles just like everybody else. There's nothing that stops them from being just as right. And if we don't attack each other, rather, if we just kind of live through the experience and... I guess just experience the fucking experience, be present, be conscious of what's happening. Learn from it. Hope that in the future, you're the wise man, some confused child can walk up to and be like, is the world ending? And you're like, no, this has happened a million times. Don't worry about it. But if you try to fix it from the past, you can't do shit. You're just in chaos trying to fix thinking, okay, oh, you can be aware. Oh no, but it's not really chaotic. I know that much, but how do I stop it from looking that way? You only know that, like we said before, Hindsight's twenty twenty. You can never know going forward. You can only know looking back. And luckily you acquire that and then tell some young kid that's like you said, you've talked to people in your area, you've talked to older black people with different opinions and they are like, No, nah, the same, we've been here before. It's it's the same shit. And it is. It's different, but it's kinda not it's better. No but it's yeah. worse. And it's the same shit. Like we move forward, but, you know, we take three forward and two back. We're still moving back occasionally, but ultimately we got more forward than we did back, I guess. But you only know that once you've been there.
0: Yeah. Your point on living in the moment and being present and, and hippie makes me pose the question, at least to myself. I wonder if then, and gosh, not to keep thinking Republican, Democrat, left, right, red, blue, but like are Republicans probably more the most hippiest? Because they because they're always acting in the moment, right? Like their decisions are based on what's going on now and how do they win in the moment. They're always present to what's happening now. And the the Democrats sometimes use try to use history in order to make decisions now about how they want to move forward about what the world should be versus living in the moment and making decisions based on that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that and a part of me thinks of the impeachment because right when you look at a lot of the arguments from the Democrats, it was history is repeating itself, right? History this, history that, and. No one on the right was, th- I mean, no one on the Republican side was thinking that. It was all, it was all present. Less let's, let's base, let's critique him, judge him based on now and what the world is now, right? Like totally different strategies to how to
2: win. 100%. And that idea tragically makes really good sense because you got to understand with the amount of different perspectives we're all arguing, we're not going anywhere. Their mentality came of what? Why, why attack each, why not just ban, ag- why not just ban for the sake of banning together? Like, the past was the past, 100%. You guys are talking about history repeating itself, and this guy looks like a dictator. But if we can't ever agree, and our first motion is to remove anybody we don't like, that proves that the ability to have a voice is already conflicting with the freedom of having said voice. Why not have a guy who can just make the choice so we move somewhere, rather than argue for the rest of eternity and go nowhere waiting for a, a, what is it, 300... Million people to agree? We're gonna wait for three hundred million people to agree on one fucking thing rather than just make a decision, guy. We'll fucking figure it out when we're there. That's kind of living in the moment. Hmm.
0: Well, which not a lot of people can do as individuals. So it makes sense that collectively, that's not happening. Insert in many spaces.
2: Yes, that's why we do need the guy who's just gonna scream and be like, "This is just what it is. Suck it." And then the rest of us are gonna be like, "Well, we don't fucking like it," and blah blah blah. But it happened anyways, and at least we moved in some direction. Would we go anywhere if we allowed the people who are arguing 800 million different points of view go anywhere? No. We need a guy who's going to do something, and then we force them to do something else in the opposite direction, but a little less. And it got more centered at that point. But if we never moved, it never went right or left. We have no center to bring it to. We need a swing. No,
0: complacency leads you
2: nowhere. Exactly. We need a swing in some direction to know. We need perspective. If we see what that side looks like, then we kind of have an idea what this side looks like. But if we didn't see any side, how do we know what we're looking at? It's like a person who says they love. It's like a person who says they love, but don't hate anybody. It's like, shut the fuck up. You're lying. You have to be. There's no fucking way. You have to be. I swear to you, you have to be lying. If you think you could love somebody and not hate anybody. How do you know what love is if it's the only side you're on? That's the center, bro. Oh,
0: that is okay. I wouldn't have, because I was going to say, how do you know what's good if you, how do you know what's good if you've never seen bad? But I wouldn't have connected it. I wouldn't have connected that. It's actually saying the same thing, right? But I wouldn't have connected Love and hate. Sorry, that's just an interesting topic to me because, I mean, love and hate is always, I always feel like there's more nuanced, but maybe it's not. Maybe that's black and white too, right? With here's, what you're saying.
2: Here's, I'll I'll say you're both right in your initial thought and wrong. It's It's both. It is more nuanced. Everything that has ever existed is a slider. There's nothing that isn't. That's just two different extremes of the same word in the middle, which is obsession. That's it. That's all it is. There's one word in the middle and there's love and hate to either side. There's a different thing, which is caring. You can care less for a person and care more. You can care you can not care about a person who you love. That's totally fine. They call that hard love. You know, like it's fine. Be a hard ass, care less for them for their own sake. You could care a lot for a person you love. You can care a lot for somebody you give no shits about. You could hate your enemy and treat them great. But those are all different sliders that we're moving around. At the end of the day, love and hate are just an obsessive feeling, an intense emotion, and the middle part is just A person and where you slide it to is how you feel towards that individual so you can hate somebody and want them to die or love somebody and jump in front of a bullet so they don't that's love that's crazy love but there could be the people who i will infinitely love my children versus the person who puts their fucking kid in an oven and they're like yeah i didn't want a kid it's like okay shit great way to go bro i guess it's the same shit we have a million different sliders good and bad, up, down, even when you think about religion and science, we're talking about the same thing. It's just how much of it you're trying to add into the equation. Okay, there's a god. Okay, there's a big bang. There was nothing and under something. There was planets and then there were people. It's like the story's fucking same. You're telling the same story. You're just choosing which lens to look at it through. Everything is a slider.
0: Well, really, you're not telling the same story. You're telling... Your, your ending, the ending to your story is the same. The story itself is slightly different. No. The premise may be the same.
2: No, 100% it's the same. There was nothingness except God. There was nothingness except the singularity. There was a large explosion. God decided to create the world. The first things that were made out of this burst of heat were planets and stars. After it cooled down enough, the first thing God made were planets and stars. Long infinities later, people came to be. After matter clumped up, it cooled down enough. Water got settled. Life came to be. Infinities went by. People came to be. It's the same story. We're just choosing which side to... Even if we are not discussing science or religion, let's go philosophically speaking through consciousness alone, there is one singular mind, and it creates a universe. And then it creates a setting, and it chooses individual perspectives to take within that because we're ultimately the same consciousness having subjective experiences that's the same shit it's the same fucking story Mm. it's just being said slightly differently but it's the same thing there's no difference in any of those arguments
0: no No, same story the details are different
2: exactly it's the same thing we're just it's i don't even think the details are different i just think we're talking using language that's different but i think if you if we had an ability to see it, right? Because nobody's seen the Big Bang, nobody's seen God, whatever. But if you can... Let's say the apple of knowledge is real, right? And you give somebody and they eat it and they know fucking everything. And then you hold up a picture and you tell them, Hey, aim at God or aim at the Big Bang. And both sides were aiming at the same picture. Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I see. I, I I agree for the most part.
2: Where did yeah. I lose you?
0: I think I'm lost. Okay. Sorry. Like I just go back to that. I think the story is the same I think the details are different I think we can get to the same end goal without traveling the same path I think that when you talk about the greater I think you're speaking in broader terms which is why I say that like it's all it's the overarching themes I believe that the details matter and the details sometimes uh, differentiate one from the other
2: Okay let's 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 read deeper right We can we could do this We could read deeper We're we're intelligent individuals. God is a spiritual creature of pure essence, and he made us, and we're literally an extension of him. He exists within every single one of us. Now we're getting hyper-specific into religion. He is a being that's an individual and exists within every single one of us without an excuse if we are to believe that root. I also believe that the same exact matter that the planet is made out of which came out of stars is what we're made out of because there was nowhere else we could come together from so i would argue that we're made out of the universe we exist in the universe we exist in is a singular point god was a singular point from which a universe came out of him and he's inside all of us i think even if we get to the specific details we're talking about the same thing
0: so d- just to Throw something completely different, but on the same topic. It's, it's, and maybe I'm thinking wrong. Rom-coms in some way are the same thing, right? The story, the details from start to end, we know how it's gonna, we know how they're gonna, we know how it's gonna end, regardless of how, regardless whether it's Jennifer Lopez or someone else, right? Like the, the details in that ultimately are all the same. I guess. And this is just so I can hear something completely different from religion or politics in order to sort of land in a space where i completely agree or not there's a standard formula that ultimately no matter what story you're telling you're telling the same story is that kind of what
2: yeah i guess you apply
0: everything you just said about religion could Uh, you apply that to like the world of rom-coms
2: i would say yes i would say you could even more than anything include you're saying rom coms. I would argue rom coms is is you focusing on one tiny part. Rom coms is essentially saying you're a Jehovah's Witness or a Pentecostal versus the entire conglomerate of films is just us talking. You're a Christian or you're Islamic. If we were then saying. Video games and books and movies. Now we're talking global consciousness. Now we're talking Big Bang. Now we're talking religion. Because at the end of the day, they have the same arcs, don't they? There's you need to bring people into understanding the character before you introduce the problem you introduce the problem then you need to change the world for the character so that they have a reason to solve that problem then they go through whatever things force them to face their demons or their hard times or whatever and fix that and sometimes you get the twist ending where that doesn't happen but nine out of ten times you have the same arc of We're going to go through the hard to get to the good, and that good is the goal. In rom-coms, it takes the form of, we finally end up together. In an action flick, we saved the person, or killed the bad guy. But it's the satisfaction at the end that you're looking for, or the, the same set of feelings, which you could probably even apply to religion. The narrative is the same. We had a situation, then even if we're talking biblically or scientifically, we encounter something we didn't understand now we have to try to understand let's say jesus popped up we didn't get him now we do get him so we're doing better than we were before the point is now christianity happens and everybody's shaking hands and we're all kumbaya so you ultimately get the same kind of course of motion like i said everything is a slider it just depends what you're putting on the two ends of the same label Like, one side is this, one side is that. But you could say rom-com is one and then religion is the other. Who says a little girl grows up watching rom-coms and doesn't think that's how relationships should go versus somebody who went to church all the time and thinks that's how the universe functions as well. You just decided they grew up with their scripture being rom-coms and they thought religion. The same shit always. We're just labeling things differently. There was a singular point and then we drew a line through it and labeled them. And called that reality.
0: You have definitely challenged me in a way that I'm going to take this piece as something to 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 ponder on. uh Yeah, I, I guess it's a, it's about perspective, right? Like change your perspective, change your outcome. Lord, is what we say on the podcast. Because when you're introduced to new ideas, it helps you to to either stand firm in what you believe or shift to something that better makes you a better person, a better contributor to society. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent agree.
0: You're I just not... found this very intriguing,
2: and I would say believe nothing because everybody's wrong, but believe everything because everybody's right. I think both of those statements are completely true. Whether or not the specific language we're using to describe it seems right or wrong, the idea we're trying to convey is never different. So yeah, they're all wrong. The specifics are wrong, but like the general thing is always the same general thing. So everybody's right. That's why I said at the beginning, be in the moment, we we don't know what's true what's not because it's all true and it's all not and we just be compassionate and understand that their perspective is no different than our perspective it just sounds different in in language but again if we could give them the knowledge of the big bang and give them the knowledge of god hold up one picture they'll both aim at the same shit even if he said god and he said big bang they both aimed at the same thing there's is because it is the same thing it's always the same thing there's never anything different nobody's like i'm gonna go out there and murder a bunch of people they think they're doing it for god right same shit there's the same ultimate goal we just gotta understand even the crazy maniacs or the people who are so nice we don't comprehend why that guy was an asshole to you why are you being so kind well maybe that guy was just having a bad day anyways man this has been fucking phenomenal we're in two hours now oh god yeah that shit flew by didn't it it.
1: Yeah,
0: God, we struggle so much with trying to like stay under an hour. It it actually doesn't surprise me. We used to say when we first started, our podcast was going to be an hour or less, nothing like stuck to it. It quickly went out the window. Yeah. Uh, One, because I can run my mouth.
2: Actually, before we get out of here, I had one point to make about listening to your show, which was actually on a very recent episode. Let me see if I can remember what you guys were talking about, which was if you have certain feeling, if you see an ex and you have certain feelings, then you haven't dealt with those emotions. And your co-host was very adamant. About no, you don't have emotions. Uh, Like, you you, doesn't mean you have some like backed up emotions. It just like, why can't you just feel a thing and not give a shit and then go complain about it and then you're done with it? I think even that is still having backed up emotions. I think there's something there that hasn't been dealt with. And I was arguing with your episode about that. What were we talking about? (laughs) It was like, if you see an ex and you have some type of emotion like if if they make you quote feel some type of way unquote okay. that there's something you haven't dealt with relative to them your argument was i think we don't we do have something that we haven't dealt with your co-host's argument was you could feel some type of way and have those emotions and it's not that there's something you haven't dealt with i think the fact that you felt some type of way is the proof that there's something you haven't dealt with there. Cause otherwise you'd be like, Oh, I'm happy for them. But the fact that you're like, Oh my God, this bitch went out with this motherfucker, whatever the fuck. It's like, okay, you clearly have something <laughs> lingering in there.
0: Huh? You know, I, yes. But, and that's, yeah, we, we, are, I, I'm, that's funny to me because I, when you say that, I, I can totally see that. Even though I can't pinpoint the exact conversation we were having. We've had multiple conversations where ultimately I believe when you don't address something, you it's when you don't address something truly. And, and, and have an honest conversation with yourself, anything can be a trigger, right? And so it's not until you do that, that it's not until you actually do that, that you're able to move past it. And we don't always agree with that. Like we don't always land there because complicated feelings, actually, we just had a podcast where I asked the question about complicated feelings.
2: I think that was the one. To have I think that's exactly feelings? what we're talking oh. about.
0: Okay, the question was, yes. Is, are you? Is it able to have complicated feelings without needing a resolution? I think that's what the question was. Can you exist in that? Can that space exist? Can you be healthy in that space, really? Right, a healthy living.
2: Complicated Knowing feelings that you without have complicated a resolution. Yes. Uh, that's crazy. Ah,
0: I remember now. It's all coming back to me. I watched the TV show Magicians. I don't know if you watch it. And then the show, she was, she was, uh she was sleeping with someone. And when she went away, she ultimately came back to find out that she slept, he slept with someone else. And that she wasn't upset. Like she it didn't make her want to. It just made her feel some kind of way. But it didn't make her want to be with him any more or less. And I think that was her explanation was, can I have complicated feelings without needing to resolve it for you? And that made me think like, damn, how many times have I felt that way, but not really wanted to
2: like you don't have to want to go back with the it. person. You don't even have again. You don't. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. You don't even have to want to engage with that person or you could just like, well, fuck this. But at the end of the day, you had the feelings, which means something's lingering in there that hasn't been dealt with. Otherwise, it would have just been like, OK, sweet. I guess that's what people do when they're not together.
0: I totally agree. And I can't wait for her to hear that. So she knows it's not just me that thinks that.
2: (laughs) A hundred percent, dude. I was, I was fighting the, I had to show my co-host. I'm like, I I had to tell her that I come, that very same thing. Like, I totally don't agree with her perspective. I agree with yours a hundred percent. That is undealt with. There's something in there that provoked that. Otherwise there would have been no reaction. Whether or not you want to be with them, that's a whole other thing. You can consciously opt out of doing something stupid. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't a moment where, like, your heart beat a little harder or skipped a beat or some shit, and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you just let it go right there, and there was something. It might be a little something, but there was fucking something. There was still something. There was something. Fuck that shit. Anyways, dude, this was fucking awesome. Let everybody know where they can find you, what you're doing, all the good stuff, social medias and websites and whatever the fuck you got going on.
0: You can find us on Instagram at a perspective underscore underscore. You can email us at a perspective no e at the end. It was already taken. So a perspective no e at the end at gmail dot com. Or you can find us on Facebook at A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley.
2: Perfect, perfect. I highly recommend everybody go and tune into that show because it is essential. If you like the shit we do on this show, you will love what they do over there, which is essentially the same shit. Just pick out a topic and argue, except we don't pick a topic. We do what we did here. We just kind of let it float and see where we land. What I like about your show is that you guys really come with a couple of things that you want to like unpack and, and work out on the show. And I love that because you can kind of like prepare your own argument ahead of time and be like this is what i think
0: yes and sometimes i need that thank you what i really appreciated though about this is it made me stay on my it made it it challenged me to think in real time and not be able to to, try to get the cookie cutter perfect answer and huh
2: i mean both sides are good right because if you get if if you gotta sit there and think about it that means you have to dissect why you already believe what you believe. Anyways, I'm about to leave you, man. Thank you very much for being on the show, and I will hit you up offline, and I will also let you know right before this goes up so that you know to uh, share it, tell people, do whatever the hell it is you want to do with it.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure.
2: Hell yeah, man. Enjoy your night very much over there in New York, buddy. We're much closer than we thought.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to maybe link up one
2: day. You have a good night. Same to you, man. Enjoy your night. All right. Bye.
1: Singing?
2: Yes. It's beautiful though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. It's my singing voice I've been practicing for years.
1: Is there any words you can sing with that?
2: Are you paying me? I'm a high class performer, girl.
1: How much do I have to pay you?
2: You got a dollar? Yeah. Ah. Uh, when I see it, I perform. Uh-huh. I don't pss, pay uh-huh. ahead of time, bro. Why not? Because, because I work for pay and i don't get paid after i work you pay me to show up
1: Uh okay i will right
2: anyways i gotta tell you something it turned out he was a robot
1: he was a robot he was a robot
2: but the he didn't this is how we know he was still alive at the end we thought he was gonna die because i was removing parts but he just kept functioning in fact, nothing
1: was happening
2: yep in fact i think he was learning quicker Like the gears were like he's an AI and the robot was just how he was moving. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. So in
2: any case, it's a super AI that came out of a computer that was simulating a different perspective of us.
1: Oh, shit. Didn't see that coming.
2: So that's that was our conversation with Aaron the AI. Yes. The quite sophisticated AI ad. I like that he had quite a couple of things to add. Phenomen- I love conversations like that. People who have the flexibility to kind of move through conversations and offer something. I fucking love that.
1: I might get too emotional.
2: And not get emotional, he was actually at no moment consumed by emotion. It was a hundred percent just like interesting. This is my my opposing argument, yeah, it's very good i I love stuff like that, so I need to get like a like a redneck in here.
1: Any rednecks want to contact us?
2: yeah, man, if you're redneck or racist or like a Nazi, reach out. talk to me. We're gonna sit here, and we're gonna have this perspective conversation.
1: It's important that you're not like an angry,
2: yeah, you just <laughs> have to not... be. Calm and collected. If you're crazy racist who wants like extinct people like and yell, yell no, nah, don't contact us. But if you're like, well, this is why I think I'm superior to your race. Please come on and share those opinions, and I'll tell you why you're wrong and I'm better than you. Not because of my race, but entirely just because I'm better than you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm better than every race except the superhumans, but they do whatever the fuck I say because
1: then at the end of the day, superhumans, we're kind of better than them.
2: Yeah, always that's the case. Freedom beats slavery. Yeah, and they're <laughs> okay. noobs. Thus, they're enslaved.
1: Mm-hmm. They
2: might be smarter. They might be stronger. They might be more agile, but they listen to us. Yeah, thus we're better.
1: Because we're better. We're because definitely we're better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's how it goes? So if you're a racist, let me know. Yeah. Anyways, Aaron definitely not a racist. Maybe he is. I don't know. I'm he not. Over I'm over here not over here gonna be we speaking for Aaron. I don't know if he's a racist. He might not be a racist. He's probably not a racist, but I'm not going to throw out the window that he is. And who even knows for what race he thinks is better? What if he's like, blacks are the best, but maybe he's like, whites are the best. And he doesn't even know why. I don't know. We never touched on it. So no. go ask Aaron if he's a racist. And, uh, and if
1: he's a robot.
2: And if he's a robot, well, he's probably a ro- He's an AI.
1: He definitely He
2: didn't die when I took the gears out. That's not normal. No. Anyways, that conversation was completely phenomenal. And I definitely love having conversations like that. But uh, if you guys want to, you guys definitely need to tune into his show, The A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley podcast. It is fucking astounding. They have a bunch of different chopped up segments. Not really chopped up. Like it happens in consecutive motion. But they have a bunch of different parts that they approach it with. They bring in discussions to have. They bring in fun little things to do. It is amusing. It is awesome. It is great. If you want sort of a more organized version of this, of this show,
1: show. Yeah. yeah,
2: Go there. That's a 100% for you. Like we were saying at the end of this. Our show is kind of free-flowing, and wherever we might land, we land. Mm-hmm. Theirs has a sort of planned out map to where it's going. Yeah. And they bring in the arguments that they're going to put. And I love that because you get to hear fully thought out things versus being on the defensive yeah, like mode and trying your best here. If people like
1: this show, they'll probably like that show. They'll
2: definitely like it. I could honestly say that is the, I guess, opposite of this podcast in that. It's organized organized versus chaotic. They're both approaching the same idea of let's look at information from different angles. But for them, it's bringing in your angle thought out and process. For us, it's let's find out what angles there are.
1: Let's just go around. Let's just come up with stuff. Exactly.
2: Yes, yes. Whatever we can land. So it's definitely uh, uh, equal but opposite. Mm-hmm. And that is flawlessly perfect. So you can find them at A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts and probably find anywhere them, else.
1: Yeah, you can find them on Instagram at A Perspective with two underscores.
2: Yes, A Perspective underscore underscore.
1: And their Gmail is A Perspective without an E at the end at gmail.com.
2: Yes, and you can find them on Facebook at A Perspective with aaron and ashley so yeah go listen to them i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation we had with him it was fucking awesome it was great loved it i hope he comes back in the future and uh to find us in alternative locations other than where you're listening to us right now you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at just Convo pod
1: you can find the podcast on the official website at info, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher.
2: Yes, and remember to subscribe if you haven't already and you want to hear other things of this nature, and things will land in your inbox yeah. immediately or wherever, like your pod reader or whatever the fuck they call it. That's not an it's inbox, but I call reader. it inbox. This is wherever people listen to stuff. Yeah. So in your feed this is we're going to show up in your feed.
1: So write and review the show, and we'll read it.
2: Yes, at the beginning of every program, and word of mouth, share, talk, tell people about things that happen on tell this us. program. Tell us, but yeah, share the show, hit people with it. Be like, listen to this, bah! And then, like, what the fuck was that? It's like Take a podcast, to man. Take them Zombie Land. Yes, go make us some money by going to our roller coaster ride. Where they listen to the show for the first time, they'll be enlightened and horrified. It yeah. is the greatest combo ever.
1: This has been the Just Conversation Podcast take nothing personal and thanks for listening. Bye!
0: Bye. Have you always... Uh, sort of had that rule of thought, or do you remember the moment when that became true for you? Trust everything, believe not, believe nothing.
2: I come from a household where I was consistently challenged, and my thoughts consistently rejected. I wasn't allowed to believe any specific thing. In fact, I was specifically told, "Go find answers." I was told, "Don't believe what I believe. You go hunt and find out what you believe." And so, right. I grew up under an environment where hunting for the information was the case.
0: Uh, I'd say I, I grew up in what, in a space where I was allowed, where I wasn't challenged on things, but I was allowed to explore everything. And See, so I, think, I think the challenge always, matters. Yeah, to a certain degree. But I think it, all, I think it allows you to come back with questions is you're being able to have healthy dialogue about, right? So that it's not just your one view of it, but you're now able to engage with other people in order to have it. In order to get, in order to have a more well rounded conversation with more details and information that allows you to land somewhere, I think that's
2: exactly why the challenge matters. Because if you're allowed to land anywhere, you stopped. Versus if they can discredit even that and you're like, but I thought that was right. How many times are you going to have thought that was right before you stop thinking the next thought you had is right? That's the key. Get challenged so often you're like, well, if 60 times in a row I thought I was right and I was wrong, every fucking one of them, maybe I'm approaching this the wrong way and right is the wrong thing to be looking for. Because if you're allowed to land somewhere, you stopped, you landed somewhere. And God knows how long before the next person comes and challenges you. You just kind of sat there and chilled with that for a while. But if you thought your thought was right, and somebody proved it was wrong, now you want to know why you thought it was right, but you want to go look for the next thing that might be right. So you're more informed on two ends.
0: But you believe it's right until you don't. And in some ways, that's landing somewhere. I don't think, I think the challenge comes in the conversation and the dialogue, right? Amongst whoever you're having that conversation with on whatever topic. That's where it's not just your beliefs, it's it's two or more beliefs, right? That it's, that's pushing you. I don't necessarily, maybe I'm not... Maybe because I'm just not using the word challenge, but like pushing you and 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 dropping other bits of knowledge that you may not have had or helping to or you're dropping information in there that they didn't have that then helps uh, broaden the conversation. When I think land somewhere, it doesn't mean maybe it is stopping, but it doesn't mean you're stopped for good.
2: No, I 100 percent agree agree. what
0: you believe at the moment that you believe it until until it no longer becomes viable. I I totally
2: agree with that. I think enough of that made me stop believing anything was was true, though. Like, I think the goal was almost for me to not ever have to stop. For me to be like, oh, yeah, that's more information and keep it moving. Rather than, okay, let me stop here. I think this is right. Now let me see how right it is. It's like, okay, that's a different point of view. What about that guy over there? I wonder what he thinks is right. So I guess at some point it stopped being about me and became about what is the objective truth that lies underneath all the different arguments? What is the one commonality that exists in everything everybody is saying? That's the only truth here, because that's what everybody could agree on. Even if they're using different words, my job should be to find out.
0: How it's not. Good night. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Up. Good morning. Good morning.
1: The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Clauzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Nitrum, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.